0: Let me recap. So, fifty million dollars in a Swiss bank account becomes diamonds from Amsterdam. becomes opium from Afghanistan. turns into weapons from America. So, basically, because the order was canceled, they're going to turn
1: fifty million into five hundred million and then purchase the weapons. I'm just going to sum that up and saying I don't, I don't, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care.
0: Welcome back to Ranked, I'm Charles, I'm McCurdy, and I'm Nathan. We don't have Scott, because after last episode, we put him in anger management. (laughs) 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 The Living Daylights delivers our fourth James Bond in the form of Timothy Dalton, who is really good.
2: (laughs) Is that it? I just don't, I don't love his little weird smirky smile he does all the time.
0: The story begins with the resurrection of Smirt Spionum. Yes, Smirt Spionum, the old smirsh prime directive of Death despise. Soon after, Bond is tasked with providing overwatch for the defection of the high-level Russian General Koskov. But it turns out that this was all a ruse to plant false information inside British intelligence. In truth, Koskov manipulates the Brits into thinking Schmirchbionim is real so that they will take out General Pushkin, a.k.a. Gimli motherfuckers, L-O-T-R in the house again. Yes! So really all this smoke and mirrors was to trick Bond into killing Pushkin because Koskov wants to buy guns for some reason. And then, as usual, Bond gets laid.
2: Is that what happened in this movie? Yeah. Yeah.
0: You sure? Yeah. We, we, yeah. we have, a, we have a, a, an octopussy situation on our hands oh, yeah. once again. But, yeah. but at least this time we have um, you know a new Bond that certainly makes the movie more interesting than if we just had Roger Moore doing another octopussy thing where everybody's confused or they're at least doing this and doing this that you know yeah kind of justify liking it anyway like and subscribe if you'd like to keep following along with our list which by the end of this episode will be 15 and as usual mccurdy has some history
1: all right so the living daylights the time had finally come for a new bond james bond many actors had been approached for the role this included actor sam neill you may know best from jurassic park As well as British actor Timothy Dalton, who had actually been approached for the role way back in 1968 for Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And like he was 25, 20. He was like 20 something years old at the time.
0: They should have just put him in like it. Like just put him in old man makeup. That would have been awesome.
1: He uh, but he at the time felt he was too young for the role. So now you may be thinking, well, that's that's who they obviously went with. Like, of course, like I don't see what the point is. But that wasn't the case at the moment. An Irish actor we had mentioned during our For Your Eyes only episode had caught the eyes of producers Albert Broccoli and now producer Michael G. Wilson. You may know him as Pierce Brosnan. At the time, Brosnan's show Remington Steel had been canceled and Brosnan was free to play Bond in The Living Daylights. However, the at the 11th hour and like in one interview, Brosnan says they were going to like introduce him at some press conference and then he gets a phone call and they were literally like hey we're not canceling the show you're gonna have to come back and he was pretty upset by that so Brosnan could not play James Bond which they ended up only doing like five more episodes so it really was kind oh. of like it was, it was this whole thing where they were like oh well he's gonna play Bond now so maybe we should redo the show but in doing so he wasn't Bond so like the interest didn't really It didn't really gain any interest. Uh, So therefore, they obviously went with their next choice being Timothy Dalton, who wanted to bring the character back to its roots um, of him being more serious and human. This Bond was intended to be the prequel originally, but Broccoli wanted to go ahead and just keep making these movies, keep pushing forward. Uh, So they decided this story would basically be based off of the short story, The Living Daylights. This film marks the last time Sort of uh, a Bond film is titled off an existing Fleming story, but that obviously we know that's not until Casino Royale, uh, many many years later. So, rounding out the cast, we have a bunch of people's names I'm going to mispronounce. Uh, Miriam Daabo, Ababo! Ababo! <laughs> Abobo,
0: Abobo. Abobo. <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish uh, I had a rubber snake. Ababo!
1: She had gotten the role after doing multiple screen tests with potential future bonds that included Pierce Brosnan. And then we have Janan uh, Krabbe. Uh, he plays uh, Georgi Kosovo. Is that how he says his name? Was he Georgi? Koskov. Koskov. It's like, Georgie. Was it it's Georgi? Like,
0: it's like Georgi. But Georgi. don't even try. Just don't even try.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Georgi. I'm not drunk enough for this. So he was in The Fugitive. Uh Necros, yep. who was the uh assassin, the milk assassin. Uh Andres uh Wiznik Wizzy. I'm gonna screw that name up. Wisnewski? Necros.
0: Like they literally named a bad guy death. Nekros. It's like what's his name again? General uh, Skull and Hushkin. Bones. Uh General in uh Star Wars. Um General Grievous? Grievous, yeah. Like Grievous, Necros. <laughs>
1: Wisnu- okay, anyway. Andres Wisniewski, uh, you might recognize him from Die Hard. He played the ho-ho-ho, I-have-a-machine-gun guy who gets killed in the very beginning of the film. Never would have we, recognized him. They put, like, glasses on him, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they gave him the Superman approach.
0: Yeah, yeah that's I the never, same guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, cool. We've got Joe Don Baker, who plays Brad Whitaker, who you will most likely recognize him from something. But Don't I won't say, say <laughs> what you might Don't recognize him Don't tease me from. with that. Uh, and then you may also have spied some of the new and old faces in Universal Exports, aka MI6. We have our new Miss Money Penny, played by Carolyn Bliss, who is like 25. So obviously there's a huge age change there. And finally, as Charlie already had pointed out, the only reason Charlie loves this movie and wants to put it above Gold Goldfinger, uh, John Reese Davis or John Rice Davies, depending on <laughs> who he asks, what, someone, will, someone will tell me it's either this Gimli. or that general Gimli Gimli (laughs) plays general pushkin but what's interesting is the character general pushkin was originally intended to be general gogol who's played by walter gotel gotel wait wait he was just going to replace gogol outright no so they were the original the in the script it was going to be general gogol like this was going to be general gogol was going to be that character of pushkin instead which would
0: have made a lot of sense
1: yeah so because
0: he's like a good guy right yeah
1: so the actor Walter Gotell was like, "I'm too old." Like I, I, he wasn't feeling good; he was sick, and so they put his part into more of a cameo at the very end of the film, uh, and then they created this Pushkin character instead.
0: Dude, it would have been interesting because we have seen nothing but Gogol just banging random. Like he's always banging his secretary, yeah. right? He's like, because we always say he's like M, right? We say he's M, but M would never bang money penny. Like no. M, that M's too much of a pro. But no. the Russian M is just constantly banging the help,
2: you know. And then <laughs> yeah. here
0: it would be, oh, Gogol finally got married, and he's with his wife. And then that's when Bond comes in, right? But and how interesting would that have been to, um, because yeah, I, I the, all this all that you're saying makes sense. Like there's yeah. that scene where he's like, "Sir, this is Gogol. We're talking about Gogol. Would he's not a psychotic? I know, General Pushkin.
1: Do you think I don't? I've dealt with him on several occasions. And M's like,
0: don't you think I know that? Don't you think I've
1: been in seven movies with him? Yeah, but it's not him, so they had to create this new character. And then the final piece of trivia is not really that interesting, honestly, but uh, if you've ever seen the movie The Third Man, the Ferris wheel that Bond and Kara get on in Vienna is the same one that's in the film The Third Man, which you, some cinephiles be like, oh, that's pretty film cool.
2: Film snob. Get f***ed. Did you know the Eiffel Tower and A View to a Kill is the same? Oh, my it's God. It's in
0: France. And they shot this other it movie is? in France. Oh, Paris. Sh- um, Apparently. Paris, France. Oh, sh- yeah. Uh, an American in Paris. They shot that in
1: Paris. Okay, Nance, what did you think of this movie? This is the first this is, time. This is, for a, big you. This is <laughs> a big one.
2: This is a big one. I really want
0: to know it? what you think about I, this one.
2: <laughs> I, well, are you guys on opposite ends or are you guys? I don't like, you'll you'll find out. You you'll think? find out. You'll find out. Oh, all right. I thought it was all right. <laughs> okay, I need to make a nan scale. It's like meh down here, and then
0: okay, and then all right, all right. and then it was pretty good. <laughs> no, my, yeah,
2: that's
1: the that's the general dance. It's like pretty it's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. We should just have you say that every Not single great. time, and just say yeah, it was pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's only ever met It's never so far. We don't have a fucking <laughs> sucked, and and I'm I'm over this. Yeah, you know, stop making me do this. But um, I I will say that I, again, I'm going through the books, but I haven't made it to the short story, The Living Daylights, but um, it generally doesn't matter at this point because they're just stealing titles, right? And they're generally not using the text. But from what I understand, the defection at the opening is part of the short story. And then I assume that everything after that is original to this film. Whoever she was must have scared
2: the living daylights out of her.
0: When Bond says the line, you know, he scared the living daylights out of her. Is that? out of the book or because my my whole thought is this it's like this movie like dalton shines to get right to it i really wish they would have given him a better starter script in the same way that Mm. they gave blazenby a really good starter movie like they even gave him this fantastic introduction and all that Mean, the, the, like the introduction in this no i didn't shit on that i shit on the you prologue shit, itself but his introduction i think is perfect I, I think Lazenby's introduction is fantastic and i kind of wish they would it that maybe that that style would not have fit dalton but i think his opening shot is fine but what i'm getting at is that overall i think the movie lacks luster and even down to the title like the title doesn't mean anything i mean think of every movie we've watched up until now they mean something maybe not like live and let die but every title fits that movie whereas the living daylights you could name any movie the living daylights Mm. and just
1: give it some kind of broad confusing plot the movie doesn't really hone in on the title like the living daylights is usually a phrase you would use like it scared the living daylights out of me yeah um but that title doesn't there's nothing in this movie. Like, I agree. There's nothing it doesn't in this reflect movie anything. that really reflects the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say the title lacks luster, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's indicative of the whole problem with the movie at large, which is that Dalton shines, but they didn't give him a golden eye level script to really break out as, like, I'm the new fucking Bond bitch. It's almost like he's still just stuck in the John Glenn. I mean, they carry John Glenn over from yeah the last
1: everybody, three. Roger everybody Moore movies. carries
2: over pretty much. John Glenn does all these movies. Some of what Charlie is saying is what I picked up too. Is but you're saying like the whole movie as a whole didn't shine, and I felt like Dalton didn't shine for me. I thought okay. he was fine. I didn't like that smirky, smug smile. Smirsh me him, smirky
0: smug smile, <laughs> smirsh. <laughs> I,
2: I thought it was weird how when he get like lands on the boat in the pre-title sequence and takes the phone from that lady, he like lounges And then down. he lays down. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's that like, bothers me too. It's weird. <laughs> what is that? It, yeah. it definitely,
1: like, there, there's a huge contrast. And I know, like, some people might say, well, you can't compare all these movies for Connery but I I will I I disagree in saying that Connery kind of sets the character up as to what we mm-hmm. want to expect from a Bond film, yeah. and like the one thing that's such a contrast to this movie is that that particular scene where Connery has these moments, and they do it in this movie. It's not like they don't do it. It's just I don't buy it in this movie where like Connery comes in and he's got a thing he's got to go do, but then there's this pretty hot chick that's right there and she's like iron bond oh you are attractive man i totally want to have sex with you but i've got something else to do i've got to go save the world but you know what one more hour whatever right when did
2: you say you had to leave immediately almost immediately and then this yeah. movie it's
1: like okay we get the scene it's the same kind of thing where you know he sits down and then he's like okay I'll meet you in an hour and he looks over at the lady it's like okay make that 2 hours but like yeah. that's the only little moment we get of like classic bonds and it j- and I still don't quite buy it. like yeah. there's something about it I still don't quite buy
0: it's like they're doing that for the fans And then the rest of the movie, Bonds now a one woman man, and maybe they're compensating for like the bang fest that Roger Moore had on his way out, you know, where it's like four chicks or whatever. But yeah, um, which again, people had problem with, and I'm like, why do you have a problem with that?
2: AIDS. (laughs) It was the (laughs) eighties.
1: I I do think like that's the one thing that you know the the like it's going to be a common criticism in the future of all these movies is Bonds misogyny, but like. I think what I think we had talked about this maybe in the first or second episode about how Fleming wrote this character in the sense that he's a man living on the edge all the time. Like he's he's yeah. consistently thinking tomorrow might be my last day on this earth. So I'm going to eat this ice cream I'm gonna and I'm going to get drunk as hell and I'm going to go down expensive. on this yeah. I'm Yeah, I'm going to do the, most, yeah, expensive. Eat the sense. most expensive stuff, drive yeah. the fastest cars, sleep with the most gorgeous women, do everything that you would do, you know. Thinking that like I might die today, so might as well do everything.
2: This bond's a little different too, though, right? Because he is a bond where he's like, "Well, I'll just quit then." Go ahead, tell him what you want. Fires me, I'll thank him for it. Like he's getting a little tired of the the. Yeah, yeah, there's that little moment where
0: he's like, "If he if he fired me, I'd thank him for it or whatever." Like, yeah,
2: I don't know. That doesn't
0: really have any bearing on the rest of the no movie at all i mean because there are it's strange there is this weird tension between him and m this uh i had to make a split second decision it was instinct
2: i'll recall W. H. from hong kong he can do it he doesn't know pushkin he follows
0: orders not instincts would he be saying that to bond i mean this yeah. is this isn't like this isn't a prequel this is a continuation and he has always trusted bond i go right to the hugo drax thing or m's like what was that and bond's like no really there was a lab in there look i have this thing and m is immediately on his side and or the minister or the, defense is the, like no um, that's stupid remember the bombs are in nassau nassau bond's nassau. like i saw this guy and he was dead and the guy's like oh that's kind of crazy and m's like hey if bond says it it's true and then in this m is so willing to go along with this craziness even though bond's like this this is weird like how are you not seeing through koskov how are you not seeing that this guy is just a bit of a nutter yes i've read saunders report you jeopardize the entire mission to avoid shooting a beautiful girl and everything else like why didn't you shoot kara and he's like she clearly wasn't a sniper you know and and it just it's odd it's 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 like this forced conflict between him and M is like a father figure to him and suddenly M's like i just need a soldier
1: it's it's kind of odd can I can I go off of I, I don't know where to begin because I have so many things going on in my head, but I want to go with the, I want to start with this This is just like a specific thing that I thought of like as I'm watching the movie. So every movie that we've gotten so far, Bond gets a sidekick of some sort, right? Like in a lot of these films, Bond gets a sidekick halfway through the movie that he either lives, he dies, whatever. In the last couple movies, we've gotten a sidekick character, Tittle and, and yeah, Tibbet, yeah, Tibbet tittle. And so, tittle, whatever, <laughs> right? So we we get all these characters, and and even though I kind of crapped on the last movie, the one thing was is that I Tibbet I liked, yep. like you like Tibbet, you feel bad when Tibbet dies. He's like on Bond's side. You totally like he totally gels with Bond. Like they may yep. have slight disagreements, but like like he helps bond out and you're like you feel bad when he gets killed. We hang with him for a bit. That's important. We we get we get to live with them for a little bit. This yeah. movie, Bond gets a a guy who's like his contact in 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 uh in East Berlin or whatever. Saunders. Saunders. And Saunders is a little prick. What's your escape route? Sorry, old man. Section 26 paragraph 5. That information is on a need to know basis only. I'm sure you understand. From the get-go, I don't. Which want I like. Saunders. I like that
0: it's different. I like that they yeah. switched
1: it up. But, but they get it. he gets like this this prick douche dude who like he's questioning everything that Bond does.
2: You missed deliberately.
1: You were supposed to do that, and you let that person live, and now now all this stuff is happening. And Bond's like, dude, she was not a KGB agent. Like, there's, like, I, I could tell she wasn't a KGB agent. Like, yep. there was something off about this. go girl
0: didn't on know one end of a rifle from the other.
1: And he's like, but you you directly disobeyed orders. And he's like, I, I can't remember if he, like, you know, goes behind his back and tells him, like, you know, Bond didn't kill he that He says girl. he's going to. And then his plan,
0: his grand plan, was to just put Koskov in the trunk.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Bond's like, don't. That don't was do
0: never that. gonna. Th- yeah.
1: When he's like, don't do that. And he's telling Bond what to do, and that's his big plan. It, that like that was dumb. But okay, so that all aside, that all aside, that's not yeah. even what bo- bothers me the most about this movie. What bother? It, it's not. This isn't the thing that like breaks or makes or break the movie for me. It's just sure. one thing. We get to the halfway point in the movie, so we have to have some big emotional thing that happens to drive Bond to be like, I'm gonna get these bastards. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. We get to that moment, and it's for some weird reason, we're in Vienna, and there's this weird door, and for some reason, the mechanism for the door is, like, hanging right outside the window (laughs) of the building, which I thought was really strange. So anybody can so just anybody You'll can tamper with, with it, it. <laughs> and it was just literally like oh well the production designer hey we should like visually show the mechanism that slams this door because you know when you go through a grocery store these doors are so so powerful that you know they're gonna crush you or whatever i mean that but this this door though has like a piston yeah it's like got a, a mean piston and everything
0: piston, and it's like so is that necessary you can you can believe that that could kill somebody is that just unnecessary?
1: I, I mean, who knows what Necros did to it? But what, yeah. I mean, whatever. But like the that setup d- that setup for it's a little you know. like, okay. This, but that's not, that's not even it. That's not even it. Yep. What, what bothers me the most is the fact that, like, Bond gets this one little moment before him, and he's just like, <laughs> he's like, hey, I figured out that she had this cello, and it's a specific type of cello that has a name, and we can trace that. And so he traces that, and he gives him the information like he's supposed to, because that's his job. And he's like, "Here's the passport that you guys can use to get to your next location and all this stuff." And he's just like this meaningful, "Thank you," you know, "This means a yeah. lot." Kind of like that's literally what he's saying when he says that. He's like, "My brother," just man. saying, "Thank you." It's like You're this on means my a side lot. Now. You're a good person. You've always and then been he gets with me. Killed. You've been with me for two weeks, man. And it's <laughs> <Two> like <weeks. laughs> he gets killed, and then like Bond is like, like livid. He's just like, "Oh my god!" Like <laughs> this guy meant a lot to me, and this guy, like, I'm thinking like Bond, this guy was a douche to you, like. A couple of scenes ago, but it it, it eventually he's just kind of like yeah Bond you were you were right and he's like
2: oh, yeah. Saunders you're not know
1: so bad like I <sighs>
0: I get what you mean I, I it's not what am like, saying is
1: it's not so drastic that all would have you know? worked better if it was like you had someone like Tittle I mean like even like on Magic Secret <laughs> Service <laughs> we get Tittle or whatever Tibbet Tibbet right <laughs> No it's Tittle now <laughs> Tittle we're gonna call him Tittle you get scenes like that and then this guy dies and i'm like i don't and, and like that's the theme of this tonight yeah. for me is just like i don't care like give me a reason <laughs> to give a shit because this yeah. movie it's a constantly big problem gives me more reasons to not care than to care and like yeah that's just like the tip of the iceberg for me because like yeah i guess there's like this makeup scene and then they kill him. but it's so yeah. like last minute that i'm like i don't care about this guy and i don't know why bond really cares about this guy so why yeah. should i care about this guy the only thing is like you know he's he's a he's a fellow
0: mi6 but that's not enough necessarily i no. mean i i i I'm, i completely read what you're saying and even with the uh again i i will always as much as i thought luigi could have been turned up a bit as i kept saying uh, mm-hmm. in in your eyes only you at least have the satisfaction of bond throwing the dove into the car
2: you left this with
0: ferrara i believe Fantastic, fantastic! I don't know why they couldn't have done something cool with this. When he takes out Necros on the plane, he's cutting the boot, and I don't know why Necros could have grabbed anything exactly, other than the yeah. boot. But <laughs> exactly. he's like, I, I do love like this movie has a lot of guys begging for their life. No! And I really appreciate that. Like, there's nothing better than a, no, you know, but Bond's cutting the shoelaces. It comes down to him cutting the last little bit of lace. It's like, that's not how shoes work. But anyway, (laughs) he's cutting it. And I mean, how nice would it have been to do a similar thing like For Your Eyes Only, where he's specifically avenging Saunders and he... I mean, even if Bond still had that little mountaineering clip thing with Smear Spionum written on yeah. it.
1: What was it? 002 or 004 gets killed, right? One of four the, gets one of the killed. 00s.
0: Yeah, and I know that it was a different assassin who Bond had already killed, but Necros was also doing the
1: Smear Spionum thing. So, or he could have said that. He could have been like, Smear Spionum, and then That's what like, I'm getting him, at. He could have just been
0: like, Smear Spionum, and then cut the boot, and he's like, no! <laughs> You're like, why didn't they do that? There's no like, why like why mother- wouldn't you do that? Like that yeah exactly and exactly. in, instead we get he just silently cuts it and then i mean you got to point out how hilarious it is that the guy's just stubbornly holding onto the boot all the way down <laughs> <laughs> case in point it was such an obvious little you know let bond do the satisfying revenge thing and they didn't and and i don't i don't get it again y- either just saying smeared to be on him or using that clip thing i mean He's hanging off the back of a plane. A little clip could have... He could have done something cool. I mean, he, they could have both been on that thing. They're both holding on to the ropes. And maybe there's some loose rope and Bond clips into it with that. And yeah. then cuts the main bag thing. And then, you know, the guy sails off with it. Or even just leave the smear spionum paper on it. And just clip it onto Necros as a final fuck you before he sends him to his death. Something. Just something. Yeah. But But instead they just did nothing where... It's just another missed opportunity and that's kind of what you're getting at it's like there are all these fantastic sequences that ultimately don't have any emotional punch to them because they're they're i mean even down to something like you know if the russians get across this bridge they're going to massacre the entire mujahideen or whatever yeah maybe that was the case but we don't know that yeah so i love when bond drops the bomb to help them out and i mean even that like even as far as like uh bond isms go She's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, drop a bomb. It's like,
1: <laughs> "What are you going?
0: To defuse a bomb.
1: What are you going? Drop a
0: bomb. It wasn't very clever.
1: Here's her do a rewrite. It's like, uh, yeah, let's just think of something a little bit like, yeah.
2: clever, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he'd already said, what happened? He got the boot. So maybe they were like, let's not have two jokes in one scene. Yeah. But even something like, I'm going to deliver a package. So, I mean, and maybe that's corny, but like yeah, something, something other than
2: stri- like strictly literal. But Give the Mujahideen some hopium. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what are you going?
2: Give the Mujahideen some hopium.
1: <laughs> if I had a general like disappointment besides just like not caring it's a mix of what were the stakes in this movie and uh how complicated can we make this plot before i stop caring even more and those (laughs) are like the two kind of go-tos i go to because like the stakes in the movie i constantly are asking myself like so if they don't do this what happens if they don't complete this mission What happens? The arms dealer gets more money? He gets more money. (laughs) The closest we get is if, you know, Whitaker and Kuskov get what they want, the Afghan army resistance is going to get murdered or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Um, And I I will also say outside of the movie this movie doesn't age well because of historical reasons
2: (laughs) obviously it's not in the movie but history would say that we helped (laughs) bin laden and then it kind of came back
1: (laughs) cameron shaw
0: cameron (laughs) shaw was probably supposed to be osama bin laden exactly and that's that's (laughs) what the weirdest part about this movie because if 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 i'm not wrong
1: if i'm not mistaken osama bin laden like he studied in like some Un- in either u.s universities like the he west, actually yeah. yeah he went to the west and like studied in some pretty like prominent colleges
2: please forgive the theatricals
1: it's
2: a hangover from my oxford days
1: and then came back and obviously you know we everything happened as it did yeah. but like that you mean so- yeah, at some
0: point they had trouble at the airport
2: i'm sorry we missed the concert we had some trouble at the airport can't imagine why <laughs> yeah
1: yeah the last movie at least we had something very specific right like if they don't stop um oh my god i forgot his name already uh if they don't Zorin. stop uh what was it max Zorin. if they don't stop Zorin, silicon valley goes millions of lives millions of people if the last movie before that octopussy a bomb's gonna, like go, the off bomb's gonna go off millions Things of are people bad. are gonna die They'll happen yeah if the last movie before that, it's like for your eyes only, it's like, yeah, if they get the ATAC, like that could ruin things for the Cold War. But like also millions of people are, are but, potentially but there's die. a personal stakes there that actually like makes sense is that like she's not going to get the revenge on her father. And so yeah. you're like, OK, I'm a little I'm like hooked on that. Um, even like the bigger ones, like Goldfinger or, you know, from Russia with love, there's like a little bit either from Russia with love, there's the personal stakes between their relationship. But then like, in goldfinger it's like oh well the gold's gonna get you know be destroyed and this will change the world like there's some big stakes in these movies this one i'm like i'm i'm grasping for straws here guys like what am i what am i concerned about like why should i care if bond doesn't succeed other than he's gonna either he's gonna die or this relationship that he's kind of sprung up with this girl is going to go south like There wasn't anything strong enough for me to be like, I really care about this movie. And then on top of that, like everything is overly like Charlie, you mapped it out because I have no idea. I can't begin to like think of from diamonds to opium to (laughs) weapons like there's, It's (laughs) just it just all the complicated stuff that is an octopusy.
0: It's throwing so much stuff at you so that you just assume that it's really smart. And that he won't <laughs> think too hard about it. Yeah. But but even, like we said, even with Octopussy, when you scrutinize it, it doesn't make sense. But it doesn't matter, really, because all you need to know is there's a bomb, and Bond needs to go stop it. And if he doesn't stop it, Octopussy, Bond himself, everybody's going down. So it really works. Whereas with this, I will say a fun little twist on that, though, is that Bond creates his own ticking clock. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. like he, he starts the bomb, and then he deactivates it, and then like I've been saying over the last couple of movies, it is nice to see the ticking clock actually do something. Like he, we do actually get to see the bomb explode. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I do appreciate that. But what you're saying is this movie lacks any real, I mean, like at one point it's bond and Cara, just uh, Kara, I'll just say Kara. bond and Kara just have to get away. And so you're, it's like, okay, you don't want them to get caught, but the overall plot in a way, it's even worse than Octopussy and Fear Eyes only because it has that pointless nature to it and it doesn't have any kind of payoff.
2: Yeah, I, l- I like this stuff with Kara, but then the whole, like, grand scheme thing is like, what?
0: So Koskov, it, it all opens with him defecting so that he can plant this false information with the Brits.
2: General Leonid Pushkin is why I
0: defect. Defecting is difficult and it could very well end your life i mean it like he risks his life in multiple ways
2: how many times have you done this before
0: you're the first Ah! and it's all a ruse to get pushkin killed i have here secret directive from pushkin
2: smirtspionum god forbid this might lead to nuclear war unless pushkin can be how do you say
0: put away which at one point in the movie they're even like well, why don't we just have Necros go kill him? But if Pushkin is still alive on the last day of the conference, kill him! It's like the whole <laughs> defection yeah. plot doesn't... It's it's just like Octopussy, where I was like, why do you need to do all this complicated jewelry stuff? Why don't you just smuggle a bomb into Berlin? Why don't you yeah. cut out this whole complicated mess? Why are you doing this defection thing? It doesn't make any sense. And that's So that's like part one, right? We'll talk about diamonds and all that crap. Part one is just defection and it's all to put a target on pushkin and even then it's like smir spionum, we need to kill different mi6 operatives to convince them that pushkin really is crazy it's like doing all this complicated stuff when really they just needed to send necros to go shoot pushkin in the face it's just it's too much what i wish had been the case for the sake of us caring i wish the defection would have been real I wish that Koskov would have just become the ally to Bond like Saunders was, right? It's like Koskov kind of becomes his ally who is helping him take down this dangerous General Pushkin who has resurrected Smyrtspionim because he wants to hmm. fight
2: with the West. Yeah, that'd be interesting.
0: Right away, it's like, I care. Like, suddenly I'm like, Bond is going to war to take out this guy who wants to take out his guys and did in the opening, like took out 004 you know, kill Saunders at some point. On top of that, had the movie gone that route, I kind of wish they would have switched the actors for Koskov and Pushkin, right? So that we would have had our good old Gimli. Gimli would have played Koskov, who defects to the West and teams up with Bond to go take out Pushkin, who would be played by the guy who played Koskov, if you're following yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. That would have been a cool movie. That would have been really interesting because we already, kn- that would have been taking old material that we're familiar with, Smirtspionum and Smirch. And applying that to the newest Bond movie with a new Bond himself, you know, that's already a better plot than what we got. Because again, it's like, well, this is a spy movie, so we need to introduce certain elements of like backstabbing and twists and stuff. So the big twist is, oh, Koskov was working with Necros the whole time and it was a big ruse. But again, just like Octopussy or or even with Free Rise Only, the point of the ruse, it was like trying to do one little thing. In in order to accomplish the one little thing, killing Pushkin, in order to accomplish that, they do all this really hard stuff. They literally defect to the West, and they have agents get killed. Uh, they do all this stuff just to kill Pushkin, and they could have done that any old time. Because yeah. now let's move into phase two, why they did all this stuff. And as you've been pointing out, McCurdy, it doesn't lend to— anything we give a shit about pushkin goes to see whitaker whitaker's like hey you're about to make this big buy and look how cool i am look at all my stuff anyway these are the weapons you're gonna buy and pushkin's like we've canceled that order
2: the order is canceled
0: huh and you know he's all pissed off like you can't cancel it and then flash forward he's talking with koskov pushkin wants the money back
2: don't worry we've convinced the british that pushkin is a danger they will send a best man james bond to eliminate him well i'm not convinced
0: necros can do it we should just kill pushkin but the brits are gonna come kill him but well we should just kill him ourselves like again canceling each other out and and just like complicating things in a stupid way like they should have just killed pushkin from the start but anyway that was phase one phase two they um there's a deposit of 50 million dollars that whitaker has in a swiss bank account and pushkin who Again, for some reason, I mean again, if you if you substitute in Gogol, maybe it makes sense. Um, yeah. but like and that would that
1: certainly would have helped, right? Because it's an established story that we have we have been following for all of the more films into this movie. Again, we're missing something behind the scenes where we almost needed that
0: scene from Octopussy where all the Russian generals start together and Koskov's like, We need to buy American weapons and the others are like, We need to f- focus on detente and peace you know but because we don't have that we just have this scene where pushkin shows up and he cancels the order you'll return a deposit of 50 million dollars within the next 48 hours he wants the 50 million dollars back right the deposit of 50 million dollars so he's like i need that back in two days so what they do is they then try to kill pushkin which i don't know why because that does that mean they then get to keep the 50 million well probably not so they're simultaneously trying to kill him and they think they succeed
1: I didn't kill him bond did I told you the british believe me
2: I told you
0: and then they're also trying to do this deal for the opium so they're basically just trying to raise half a billion dollars to then buy these weapons again it's like throw as many ingredients at, at the audience and just hope that nobody asks questions. So $50 million in a Swiss bank account. We know that you've had our money in your Swiss account. Becomes diamonds from Amsterdam. I'll signal Amsterdam to ship the diamonds. Becomes opium from Afghanistan. He arranged for the Russians to buy a large quantity of high-tech weapons. He's using the down payment to buy this opium instead. Turns into weapons from America. So basically because the order was canceled... They're going to turn 50 million into 500 million and then purchase the weapons. So, why do they want these guns? Is it just for Afghanistan, for the war? Who cares? Why would Russia be against having better weapons? Why would they cancel this order? Why wouldn't they double the order? What's in it for Koskov? Why kill Pushkin? How was he standing in their way if they just used the $50 million down payment to buy the opium
1: anyway? I'm just going to sum that up in saying I don't don't care. (laughs) I don't care. It would have been much better if Whitaker had simply been both a
0: war profiteer who wants war between Russia and the West, but also is just a guy Mm. who wants to see war because he loves it. War. War has always been man's main occupation. You know, fools tell us his greatest accomplishments were the wheel or the alphabet. Ah! I say it's a battering ram and gunpowder. So he's both greedy and crazy. Whitaker should have been the main bad guy who loves war so much that he wants to stir up World War III and make a shit ton of money. You know what I mean? Like that would be cool. Because yeah. what is like Koskov is trying to buy these weapons, right? For the war in Afghanistan. Why would the Russian government be against better weapons? I it, Like it doesn't make any fing sense unless it's Whitaker trying to stir up World War Three, which is like major stakes. Like major, major, major stakes, right? That's something to give a shit about. But like Russia just wanting Russia, on like one general wanting weapons and the other one canceling them for no reason, like Pushkin had no reason to cancel it.
1: There are no emotional stakes either way, other than just like the Afghans get. It f-ed. reminds me of like the last movie we talked about. One of the issues was that uh, you said that uh, uh, Zorin doesn't get the scene to explain his motives. Yeah. And I feel like it's it, it that was in a in a in like a oh we don't want to be this comic book movie where the the villain has this monologue but like you kind of need those scenes so that you kind of understand okay this is their motivation this is why they're doing these things. Yeah. And in that same regard I feel like that what you're saying it makes sense and then that like we're missing uh either a motivation or or something there a little more clear motivation. And like that's that's I think Again, it goes back to stakes and clarity in this movie are sorely lacking. There's no clarity in, in the plot. Like I'm I'm I, I I I'm I'm already lost in half of what you said. Like I yeah, I Like I where's I don't the care.
0: disagreement between Koskov and Pushkin? What do they disagree on? Because it's one thing if if Koskov's just trying to make money, yeah, uh, which no doubt he is, but it's like the money is still being funneled into the purchase of weapons. If he's just trying to keep the half a billion then that's just typical bad guy stuff. But he's not. He's trying to buy these weapons so that they can fight in Afghanistan. So, like, why would
1: two Russian generals disagree over the purchase of kick-ass weapons? It's stupid. I could see people making the the judgment call on us saying, like, well, why are you looking into this so much? But I think that... Why wouldn't you? (laughs) But why wouldn't you? But I do think that, like, this is important because, like, having clarity in your story helps... To understand where where all the pieces are, because if you don't understand where those pieces are, it it makes it hard. It makes it easier to understand why should I care that Bond succeeds in his mission?
0: Yeah, exactly. And that can be big or small. I mean, we've been through this before, where it's like you have the big world-ending stakes, and then you have like in the case of the Man with the Golden Gun, you have the smaller, more personal stakes. Where I mean, somebody even commented, they're like, okay, so at the end of the Man with the Golden Gun, what's the worst thing that could happen? And it's like, well. Bond dies, you know, and the world keeps turning, but within Bond's world, his reputation as being the best goes away. And the Solex, who cares about the Solex and all that, but it was personal stakes versus world ending stakes. A story can go either way, but we just need to understand as an audience the consequences of failure. And we just don't have that here.
1: What this movie needed, besides what things you had said, like this movie needed a clear, like, oh, we're going to start World War Oh, I've got a nuclear weapon. Oh, this thing is gonna start war between you know the United States and Russia. Like, like something that was very distinct and clear. Like the stakes are this, and like I just felt like going watching the whole movie. I'm like, I'm. There are things that I think. I'll, casual viewers would be like, oh, this movie's great. You know, this got it's got some of the best moments in this movie. It's like there's a lot of great scenes and all this stuff. But like, what really doesn't work for me is like. Why do I care? Brad is so perfect because yeah. he already has that scene where he's like, and he has a
0: couple where he's like, I love war. I live for war. Old generals are like the greatest humans who have ever lived. And, and like we need the biggest war that's ever been. And I'm going to fight in it.
1: And that's the sad part is I think that's a character with a lot of lost potential. Cause I love yeah. the setup, but that character is like, what army did you serve in?
2: You were expelled from West point for cheating
1: you're a failure you weren't even a military strategist and you're like saying you could do all this great stuff and i love that as his setup is that he was a failure that that is so perfect because then he's like you know exactly
0: my motivation is like i'm gonna you may have failed me out of West Point, but I'm going to fight in the biggest war ever. And like, I'm going to win. Like, yeah, it was all there. But then we get watered down with Koskov, was just he, f- he fantasizes like he's himself just nothing
2: as one of the greats like Genghis yeah. Khan or exactly. all those other people. He, he literally he put, put himself in those statues.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let me just carry on through. Let me carry through like my fix. Right. My fix was all right. Switch the actors. Right. Switch Gimli and Koskov. So then Gimli is working alongside Bond, fighting our bad guy general who has teamed up with Whitaker. Whitaker gets what he wants, which is World War III, and bad guy general gets what he wants, which is World War III, right? It's like this, this um, they have their own little detente, but it's like a dark detente, right? This American and this Russian who are going to provoke World War III. Whitaker, because he's like a weird, insecure war freak. And then the Russian, um, he's bringing back Smearspionim because he just wants, he's like, the West is decadent and ready to fall. The West is decadent. And we need to capitalize on that. And then Whitaker just wants a fight, right? So it's like they both get what they want. Already, I care more about that movie than this fight over dollar bills to just purchase weapons. You know, it, it's yeah. it's like, uh, and and so everything you're saying, McCurdy, is is totally true, where it's like, Okay, so uh, I guess, I mean, maybe the worst thing that could happen is that the United States has more opium on the streets of New York or whatever. Broad opium, worth half a billion dollars on the streets <laughs> of New York. But like, that was going to happen anyway. So, um, <laughs> but uh, once again, as with Octopussy, it's like all these blatantly obvious changes you could make to make the movie better and they don't do it because they're so focused on spectacle and they're just hoping, hoping that you won't, question this but again it's like why wouldn't you because as you pointed out when you understand what's going on you care more and that's why even something as like give a view to a kill as much as you want i think a view to a kill is a better movie because you can follow what's happening and again it's like bond fails millions of people are going to die and at the same time you have fun stuff going on like the betrayal and the switcheroo of mayday the reversal of mayday
1: things are specific things are highlighted as to why i care about what is going on in the movie. Let's say that, because like I was saying, the whole defecting
0: and then having Necros go in there and just throw milk bottles at everybody, it's ultimately pointless, right? Literally yeah. all he did was go in and just pretend to be a good guy and just say that Pushkin is nuts, right? And even Bond didn't believe him. Uh, this uh, plot to kill agents sounds rather far-fetched, sir. Technically it worked where M got the, the green light to go kill, like he's like, Bond, you got to go kill Pushkin. But And again, regardless of that being kind of dumb, forget about what I said about fixing it. Let's say that, okay, the defection was fake, as we said. What if Koskov had done all of this so he could, like, facilitate Necros getting in there and killing M or something? Or, like stealing something or killing somebody you know what i mean instead you just get this like koskov is still pretending to be a, a good guy just so later we can find him at a pool and so we're like <laughs> this guy's kind of an asshole but it's like I love, I it doesn't have
1: any like punch to it you know and it, it, i mean it is funny because he's just getting a blow job and a foot job but they set that up though because they set up personal stakes between him and cara he
2: kept his promise send for me what are we going to london no, not yet. The British think he'll be safer if they keep him moving around for a while.
1: We might
2: catch up with him in Vienna. Vienna.
1: She's so beautifully naive. I love that guy. He's my favorite. He's my boyfriend, and all this stuff. And Bond's just like, uh huh, okay. Hey, <laughs> yeah. do you want to go on a date? You know, kind of thing. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like we cut back to him, and he's at the pool with all these beautiful women, and you're like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. and then to double the top that off, I do like that. Bonds, like, dude. uh, He told me there was gonna be a sniper and he made you the sniper. And knowing him, he knew that I was gonna kill a sniper. So, your boyfriend's a piece of He told us a sniper might try to kill him. Then
0: he set you up as the sniper, Kara. He wants you dead. You knew too much. I liked that. Okay, I get that it needed to look legit. But if
1: only there had been a a, a stronger reason to kill her. No, but he says like, doesn't he say like she knew too much and she's a loose end and that's why. Was she a loose
0: end, though? Like, like what did she know? I don't know. Like, I I wish I I, I wish (laughs) she was a loose end. Like, it would (laughs) have been, you know, because he's uh, once he gets in the car, he's like, so, Bon, did you. Did you
1: I'd rather not talk about it? No, no, of course not. But she knew enough to get in touch with Whitaker, right? So you already—you know a sense what? You're totally knew.
0: right. You're totally right. She led Bond directly to Whitaker. So you're—yeah, you're right. Your cello's a Stradivarius,
2: a famous one, the Lady Rose. The Lady Rose, a cello by Stradivarius of Cremona, seventeen twenty-four, sold for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to Brad Whitaker. Whitaker
1: she knew enough to know so like that worked but like again the plot again it just the plot's just overly complicated tell me what you think though because you've been on about how you prefer
0: your bond girls to be a certain way she's just like an everyday like she's very naive right but she gets tougher over time but she's very naive and i i I really appreciate her naivete her like um... we're gonna go to vienna We're going to go to London. You know, like she's all (laughs) romantic about defecting and bonds like,
1: yeah, you're you're caught up in a big web that you don't understand.
2: She starts punching people towards the end and yeah. taking the AK. Um, yeah, right? I, okay, yeah. so my, my take on her, I
1: think she's a better actress than Tanya Roberts, for one.
2: Both faults move at once.
1: A thousand um, percent, yes. A thousand percent better. <laughs> um, I think she, the way they wrote their, her character, they really, uh, because the last movie sets Bond up with several women, like, Like the one thing I the one thing at the same time, the one thing I kind of don't like about this movie and I kind of like appreciate about the movie is that and I don't like it because it just kind of ruins the mystique of Bond in a way for me. Uh, The fact that he can get all these women and we don't really see that in this movie. We see like a very small glimpse of it. And then he's just kind of focused on this one girl the entire film. But we're kind of like, why are you hung up on this girl? Yeah. Um, That being said, it gives more time to focus on her and like. They go on this date and, like, you know, you get a little more sense of who she is and how she kind of got wrapped up in this whole thing. Like, she reminds me of Romanova from uh, from Russia with Love in that sense. They both get dresses, right? But she, but Romanova was playing naive. This but this, this girl she's actually, actually is. is very naive. And I know, like, the last <laughs> time you were talking about how you're like, well, Tanya Roberts is just an ordinary girl and she's, like, oh, in over her head. And, like, this, I'm, like, I'm buying that. The last time I'm like, eh. I, yeah. Tiny Roberts just sounds dumb to me. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I I honestly think that, 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 uh, Kara,
0: Kara, I think Kara is, I think she's dumber and less capable than Goodnight. but she actually transforms. That's what I'm saying is that like in the beginning, she's very soft and she's like, she's like this. And then, and then over time, I just don't see the purpose for why Bond sets himself up to seduce her at the fair. What's wrong? Why do we stop? I arranged it. I arranged, I arranged it
1: because <laughs> I want to hook up with you. It's like, all right. Why? Yeah, it feels like a left field moment for for a character that we've known to do. It, it's yeah. It's it just goes back to that thing where it's like they were trying to rewrite Bond to like re just to like update with the times, but it doesn't work in, at it, all because it, it's, it's, it's out just of nowhere. like it just feel it doesn't work because I'm like I don't I'm not buying it. I'm just yeah. I'm not buying it, man.
0: The romance is like the, is, is honestly kind of close to like the Secret Service romance where it's like, look, they're doing romantic things together and now they're in love, you know, as opposed no. to really feeling like. There's not like well, I, Bond, Bond and doesn't I disagree, give a shit.
1: About her. Bond, and here's the thing. Bond I disagree in that because I think Honor Majesty Secret Service at least know, has this I know. I know. Go talk no, to Nikolai up. about Just, it. Go no, talk to <laughs> fucking well, Nikolai the is Quack that movie about it. has a little bit of like, okay, I'm messed up, you're messed up you know, that little bit. And yeah. this movie doesn't have that. There's no, there's no like what's common between us thing. There's that doesn't exist in this. Yeah. And that's what I'm like. That's where I'm like, unless it's an opposite attract thing where she's like, has never been outside. And he's always been everywhere. If you want to count that.
2: I'm posing as Koskoff's friend to see what leads I can get from her.
1: He's running through this whole
0: thing the whole time, trying to pump her for information and all that. Pump her for information. And then like, all of a sudden, he's like, let it happen. If there was a yeah. purpose to that, if it was like you need to turn her from Koskov or something, but uh, it just happens.
1: I don't I kind of disagree with you. And I can see that, like, it's more of a ploy to be like, how do you gain someone's trust? Well, if you rom- are you romantically linked with somebody, then you are more likely to gain their trust in them sure. telling everything. Yeah, but that's kind of
0: my point where what we've been talking about is how the producers are legitimately trying to craft a love story here to get away from Bond's general misogyny. And instead, she's just always an asset to him. He never really falls in love with her. It's the same old Bond love, you know, so and, and it never really leads to anything.
1: It led to nothing mm-hmm. like like well, we know about the cello and we knew about like, you know, but the, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it didn't lead to anything i guess you know I, i'm not i'm not going to fight you too much on that but i'm just like eh, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> because because at the end of the day you don't care i in this
1: movie there's two moments in this movie where i'm like if this was played by the actress who played goodnight or tanya roberts i'd be like oh, I f- hate this moment and those those two <laughs> moments specifically are actually there's three there's three moments in this movie where that, that where she does something that's kind of dumb and, and one of those moments is when she's like, I have to get my cello.
0: My cello. It's at the conservatoire. I must get my cello. No
1: way. I have to get my cello. And Bond's like, it's just like Bond being the boyfriend, but like, why the f- do we need to go get your cello? We need to get the f- out of here. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like, no, I need my cello. Luckily, they use the cello to it like in the plot. Like it, yeah. It it it. Bond moves even the plot. says he's forward. like, "I'm glad I insisted. Glad I insisted you brought that cello." And then the second two moments are like when uh they're in Afghanistan and she's driving and she's like, "But wait, Bond!" And when he's, he's in, in the, the plane back. and she's like, yeah. "Hey, but hey, <laughs> he's Bond like, Jesus forgot about Christ. me," and I'm like, yeah. "Bitch, I got to get out of here." I gotta, <laughs> and like, get, and Dalton you know,
0: plays that beautifully where he's like. And and that's what I'm always saying, like, what have I said from the get-go? What I like, I like when James Bond gets to have these little moments of misogyny. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Because that's the character. Like we've been pointing out, it's quite clear that the producers were like, maybe we went too far with the misogynistic stuff last time. Which, by the way, I just don't understand why feminists in general think it's misogynistic for a man to have sex with a bunch of women but they are obsessed with sex like sex is a good thing unless you're a man having sex with multiple partners that's not what the definition of misogyny is misogyny is a disliking of women
2: women walkie-talkie
0: or or even that weird-ass comment that i read at the end of the last episode that was like bond is not egalitarian enough and I'm, i'm like look if you are applying your politics, whatever your politics are, to James Bond, you're missing the point and just fuck off, like get out of the theater because he's such a competent dude that and an attractive dude that chicks are all over him. Again, it, it's it's that whole thing of like wire chicks into race car drivers, and it's like because they live on the edge, man. They they're so alive. Well, you can believe it because like we like we talked about earlier, bond is always one step from death.
2: I have a theory why women like racing drivers. It's not because they respect what we do. It's our closeness to death. You see, the closer you are to death, the more alive you feel, more alive you are. They can see that in you. They feel that in you.
0: He's like everything that a woman wants. And when 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 people, especially guys, step in and they're like, it's bad that he objectifies women. It's like, motherfucker, they're throwing themselves at him because they're more of a man than you will ever be. So, like, shut the fuck up when it comes to Bond yeah. should not bang chicks. It's so insulting for someone to come in and be like, this is wrong. And everything in life needs to reflect my politics. It's like, no, 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 no. Bond lives in a world of life and death and your view of things doesn't even like the guy doesn't go into the voting booth and pull the lever he's too busy saving the world i know it's fictional i know it's fantastical i know it's a male fantasy but it doesn't matter the guy is a character who does certain things and you want to change it to to reflect your like your pitiful perfection that you fantasize about for the world. When we strip James Bond of the things that makes him James Bond, that's what drives me nuts. It's like everybody wants to whitewash and clean all this stuff and make it less brash. It's like expecting Eric Cartman to clean up his filthy mouth. It's just stupid. Stop it. And it's just it just ruins it and it makes for a lackluster movie. Again, the theme of this episode. It obviously bugs the
1: shit <laughs> out of me. Let, me. let me let me backtrack from what you were saying real quick because I want to get to the last point and I actually have a question about it because I'm like, I'm not 100% clear about this. Yeah. So when they're in the plane, this is the third moment where I'm like, she does something kind of dumb that's like, come on. She flies the plane, but then she looks back and then she opens <laughs> the bay doors. Did Did
2: yeah. she do that yeah. for a reason? No. She was like, surely bond can use this
1: yeah but was it only yeah. because the producers or the writers were like okay well we have this cool stunt idea we want to do i mean so we need to have her open the like, doors open the bay door but even yeah, that's then, the, old, what that was the one moment it? where i was like confused i'm like did they, did they did this need to happen was there a reason that she was she motivated to do that or Not were they like all. oh no she thinks that she has to do something and she does it
2: She gets one slight peek of Necros, right? So then that's what she bases the decision on. If she was doing a whole bunch, like remember when Goodnight was just hitting
0: all the buttons? Just push every damn button, will you? If she was like trying to do something and she's she's hitting this and she's turning that and she's twisting that and then it opens the bay door, like that would have made more sense. But it's literally, she just looks down and just pulls that one lever. And then right when Bond gets back and says his Bond joke.
2: What happened?
1: He got the boot. She's just flying directly into a mountain. You had one job, you know. So overall, I think she, when, I think back when you were talking about, like, you, you were going harping on me about, like, but that's her character, man. That's her character. That's why she does this thing. And you were talking about Mod Adams and, and Golden Finger. And I'm like, I, I didn't buy it. This, I will buy the that man with that's the her gun. character. <laughs> the man with the golden gun. Whatever. I don't golden care. Golden finger? I'm saying it for the Gold, audience. The man with the golden finger. Man, I, man with the gold. Shut number. up, Scott McCurdy. Shut up. <laughs> but like, like uh, that's the thing. I will believe. I'm, a, I'm, I'm on board of believing this character than yeah. I am some of the other ones. As much as like, I agree. she does do some incompetent I things. I, naive. I believe her. Yeah, she's naive, yeah. but I believe the naivete. And yeah. it works for the movie. Because in the performance, it's, it's
0: conveyed in the performance.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't hurt the movie. And she does, like you said, she does change. So it's not like, yeah. to me, she's not one of the worst Bond women. Uh, but yeah. And she's not films.
0: a KGB
2: agent. She's just no.
0: like a normal person. I was just
2: thinking, if she was an agent, then it would be slightly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> then we'd be having the same shouting match as we did in Man with the Golden Gun, where you're like, the two of you were like, she should be more capable. And I'm like, she is but she's unlucky. But that then gets into, like, a screenwriting thing. This simplifies it. It's like she's a normal person, and she gets tougher over time. She starts throwing punches. She, she starts, like, like yeah. uh, does she
2: pick up guns? Like, she... she grabs the AK from the main Mujahideen guy and says, we got to go save Bond. James is trapped. You must help him. He'll have to take his chance. You can't leave him. You owe him your life. There's nothing more I can do. Yes, there is.
0: Okay, that too. Why was she so upset that Cameron Shaw let Bond go? Because is it not better? I mean, I understand that that because she did yeah. that, they rescued him. But like Bond was undercover, like literally had his face covered, and then just made the mistake, I I guess, of showing his face at the the worst moment when he walks out of the plane. But like. The plan was that Bond was going to go with them, plant the bomb, and then, like, fuck off. And then the plane would have just exploded. But why was she all – Why she's like, Cameron Shaw, you coward, you let him go. And he's like, yeah, bitch, that's part of the plan. Like, we can't yeah. go invade this – we we can't go pick a fight because Bond has the, uh, the element of surprise. And he's going to plant a bomb, and that bomb's going to – explode and
1: we don't have to do a goddamn thing so let bond go and then like join our harem don't worry i'll save you for the harem <laughs> okay so that that was something i was going to bring up about this movie and we had talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago about how like these movies started becoming okay the writer the director and the stunt choreographers are coming in or stunt coordinator are coming in and they're saying hey and the producers and like okay what's what what ideas do you want to bring to the table what what do we want to do yeah. And as I watch this movie, I see that in play in this scene because we have the bomb. So why don't they just blow up the plane and that would yeah. get rid of the problem? But no, now we've changed it. No, we want to do this stunt where he's in the sky because we've been doing all these skydiving stunts that really look like we've got this new technology. We can cameras are much lighter. We can do all this stuff in the air. It's going to look really good on screen. Like, we want to do this, so Bond should get in the plane and then go get off on the plane, and we can do this cool stunt in the air. And that's the moment where I'm like, okay, somebody didn't do a good job of covering their tracks because I can see the threads of like, uh, yeah, maybe don't put the bomb on the plane or maybe do something else to fix that, you know. But they didn't. To your point, if you're going to have Bond take the plane, as opposed to,
0: again, the simple thing, the plan was he's going to put the bomb on, it's going to take off, and then the plane's going to blow up. Everybody's happy, right? It also beeps. The bomb <laughs> beeps. So, like, they would have found it. <laughs> like, potentially, they would have found yeah. it and defused it. But anyway, um, but but to your point, they basically ended up putting the onus on Bond. Bond screws up by not covering his face. What they needed was Nekros, uh recognizes him and, like, pulls his disguise off, and then Bond does what he did. Grabs a gun, starts shooting up the place. Because... I really don't have a problem with Bond taking the plane because he didn't have anywhere else to go. He was like boxed in. Right. So it it was only natural that he was going to hijack the flight. But to your point, it's like the writer already had something written out and they're like, "Eh, whatever. How about Bond just walks out with his face uncovered
1: and and Koskov is right there. And it's just kind of odd. It's like, why would Bond make such a horrible mistake? So we're not being super harsh on this movie. Let me start with Nans. What was something that you liked about this movie, whether it was a scene, a moment or anything specific?
2: Um, I did enjoy this stuff between Bond and Kara or Cara or whatever. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed all of that and like him kind of telling her, oh, "I'm a friend of what's his face?" There's so many Daska. people I get confused. Uh, um, you know, and just like I don't know, I guess it's not super Bond-like to just be like be bopping around taking her on dates and stuff but i kind of enjoyed it and I at least it was the, motivated yeah and i thought yeah. the action scenes minus like the hand-to-hand fighting i thought the action scenes were cool yeah um, like the, the car of course scene. we get a great aston car martin vantage fun. with yeah rockets i don't love the rim cuts the circle in the ice <laughs> that's a little too like far a perfect circle yeah. <laughs> Perfect. the sliding on the cello case like that didn't bother me luckily <laughs> it's kind of silly I was somewhat
0: anticipating either of you being like the sledding is goofy.
2: I was fine with it.
0: I'm fine with it. Other than, I mean, it's obviously ridiculous. And especially when bonds like just flash the passport and that the Austrian border patrol won't stop us sledding (laughs) through. But, but like, It's fun, so, I mean, me, I'm the guy that's going to be like, that's fun, so I don't care. For me, it
2: kind of made sense, too, because the Vantage gets stuck, and then I'm like, there's no way they're outrunning skiers, yeah, and then they do that, and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) The two things that give it a pass for me is, one, if I'm not mistaken, I think
1: everybody was, like, on board with, like, yeah, Russia sucks, so, like, let's get those people (laughs) out of there. And two... Uh, the the cello thing like is so part of the the I mean yes it's a complicated plot but up until this point it's like okay I'm I'm understanding what is going on with the cello and how it helps the plot move forward and how yeah. Bond can figure everything out so I'm okay with them doing the sledding on the cello and all of that stuff and how they like even at the end of the movie like the cello comes back and you see the bullet hole that we saw earlier in the film I and, love like, that. <laughs> Love like that's that. like yeah. a little nice little piece there. So, yeah. like when and, and there's no weird stupid needle drop in that scene, they could have done something <laughs> really ridiculous with that. But I
2: insisted you brought that cello. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Walking home from our house, Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa.
1: And I feel like it works. It works enough for me, and we just get off of, like, probably, in my opinion, up to this point, the second best supercar chase in the series. I think it's better than the one in Goldfinger, but I don't think it's as good as the one we got in The Spy Who Loved Me as far as the supercar chase. Now, there yep. are other mm-hmm. supercars later in the series, but up to this point, I'm like... We actually see the supercar do some really cool things. It, you know, it's on ice and, you know, it, it shoots missiles and it gets, you know, you actually see it do some pretty cool stuff in daylight. To be honest, I really I, I do enjoy that Bond is continuing to keep up this like, again,
0: to my point that she's pretty naive uh, and who knows if she believes a word. But the whole time she's like, <laughs> what, what's all this crazy stuff going on? And Bond's just throwing out goofy jokes to
2: like, yeah, to. Continue to deceive her. It must be an atmospheric anomaly. What happened?
1: Salt corrosion.
0: Amazing, this modern safety glass. Why are you picking up the police band? Why are they after us? How did that yeah. happen? What's going yeah. on? And she's just along for the ride. And that's where, um, you know, and, and then like flash forward to. It's like half an hour later that Bond's like, I haven't been honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm a secret agent. And, like, and she's like,
1: what? If you can believe it. I,
0: but I do like, I
1: do I'm like, I do like that. Okay, so jumping off to that scene to a good thing about that. He's coming to her and he's like, look, this is what's going on. As ridiculous as it is, whatever. But she's like, no, he told me you're a KGB agent and you're trying to kill me. And then sure enough, he had taken the martini and then he's like, oh, shit like yeah damn coffee and then necros comes in the door and you're like oh no bond's done for yeah uh, i i like that moment i like yeah. i've like yeah, i yeah. liked that moment you know what i mean i like those little things like there's little moments that are great but yes, the movie little overall, moments that are doesn't... fantastic but but it all
0: leads up to nothing hey tim dalton we want to bring you on you're gonna be awesome and tim's like i can't wait to do this I, I, I love, uh, like, I grew up watching Connery. I want to do the best Bond that's ever done. I'm going to go back to the books. I'm going to do all this amazing stuff to, to really be the best Bond ever. And the unfortunate motherfucker was given the
1: worst script to start him off. Yeah. It's a crime. It's a fucking crime. Yeah, I mean, he's stuck in a rock and a hard place where it's like, you're going to get compared to the two legends at this point. Because Lysenby's not, you know, he's not considered one of them, right? Yeah. So it's like you're gonna get compared to either Connery or Moore. So he's like, all right, well, I don't want to do Moore, and I don't want to do Connery. I want to like, do like the book. Real, so real
0: quick interruption to yes. ro- for everybody out there who like hates Roger Moore, love or hate the man, he at least found a way to completely differentiate himself from Connery. Like he yes. did his own James Bond. Yes. So for that, you should give him props. It's almost like Connery took the black hat. So he took the white hat. It's like Connery's like a little more badass. I'm gonna be uh, like somewhat lighter be, and more he's charming. He's gonna be that, you know. Like
1: he he amped up the one thing in the Connery. Like Connery, yeah. Connery has Connery's always great, but like yeah. there's that one little bit of Connery that's like Ooh, that I wink mean, and nod, and and that, and then more shine and diamonds it, are forever, and, and more yeah. kind of amped that side of it up because he was really good at playing that. With with Dalton, Dalton being a serious stage actor, he's like, all right, I'm going to really study this character. So he gets all the books. He reads every, like, all 14, it's 14, I think, novels, you know, really gets into the story. And Damn. even, like, the cool. like Wilson and the producers, like, that's a good idea. You should do that. When they were coming up with the story, they wrote Bond very generically because they weren't sure, like, okay, we're getting a new Bond. Like, let's not try it because the previous movies, they would amp up, like, the comedy for more. So it's like let's not write. Let's just write kind of just baseline, like not anything crazy, not too dark, but not too funny. And you know, you get Dalton coming in, and he kind of does try to do the little more serious um, ice in your veins Bond that you know it's in the books. Uh, but he yeah. he specifically says he's like he's like I want Bond to be human. I don't want him to be a superhuman hero. You can't relate to a superhero. You know, he has to be. Human he has to have flaws he has to be Contradictory like those those are the types Of things that he was trying to aim for In this performance and I do see Those things unfortunately I don't think The script does good job of like Letting what we love about Bond shine through too much and Like yeah. I know some people would say oh his performance Is really great it's like I think he does a good job I just don't think the script allows him To do the best job and I'm and I am actually yeah. Very glad after watching This movie again that uh Brosnan didn't get this movie yes you know it was I mean? like written in the stars because had Brosnan gotten this movie like I think Brosnan's career would have been completely different unfortunately yes. so I, I I'm actually glad that didn't happen Goldeneye I, again I'm not trying to break my own role it, it just it's it's
0: focused right whereas with this like I said yeah, throw let's, his much about stuff at, yeah let's throw as much talk stuff. about it <laughs> I'll drink after I say this throw as much at the audience as possible and just hope they don't question too much. I almost would have been cool with them remaking Dr. No good on Eon for not remaking their movies ever. Like to this point, I mean, someday they will, but at this point they haven't done any remakes, but like, I almost would have been cool with them remaking Dr. No. Cause I think that Dalton would have
1: shined in something just simple and wait, straightforward. Wait, 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 hold on Charlie back up with, they, they did remake their movies. We we established that well, yeah 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 in the last yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 like, but you're saying specifically calling this Doctor <laughs> they, No they they didn't go on. Yeah, Sorry.
0: they didn't call, it, had they called A View to a Kill Goldfinger yeah that that's different it's a yeah. it's an homage more than it is a direct remake but yeah. had they yeah had they just remade Doctor No with Timothy Dalton how fucking cool would that have been you know yeah. and, and, and I'm saying that if you're gonna and nowadays they would nowadays they'd be like well we need to reboot this so it's let's like a just go ahead up Doctor No yeah and we're we're gonna do we're gonna go all out with dr no and it's gonna have timothy dalton in it and then and then work your way up to the living daylights and rewrite it drastically
2: so we give a but three blind mice are gonna be jacked they're gonna be super blind
0: they're gonna be (laughs) deaf too they don't even need to use silencers
1: (laughs) charlie what was something that you really liked about this movie so we're not completely like bashing this movie to bits again I, i i can't say it enough that like our job here is to scrutinize.
0: And yes, we're bashing the plot, but like Dalton really is... I think he's great. I I think he's he's everything that I want in a bond. I don't necessarily appreciate the the that he's just like forced into being a one woman man the whole movie but i think the best sequence of the whole movie is the pushkin scene where he confronts him as he's with his wife just Mm. every single moment of that scene is just top notch and it's not just because Gimli's there but (laughs) it's um, because
1: Gimli's there i know but he's so good He's so good. And that's good. the only scene in the movie, and I think it's like the only, no, it's not, but it's the only scene in the movie where you actually see someone's, I'm going to be that 12 year old. Charlie just nipple. likes it because there's, <laughs> there's, there's a You see some boobs. Like super side boob with a little nose. You do. But, <laughs> and it's like, it's really, it's like they don't do the best job of hiding it. You're like, yeah, I, I saw some boobs in a movie. Hey, honey, can movie. you turn
0: like just a hair? Just, just like a, rotate a little
1: okay, bit. Okay, wait, come back a little uh, bit. Okay, good enough. Yeah. Good enough. Good
2: enough. <laughs> 12-year-old but, um,
1: boy me is like, yes. Um, must
2: have been cold in that room. <laughs> but, yes.
1: <laughs> but, like, but overall, but yeah, we
2: that see scene the, is, yes. is
0: it's fantastic because it, like, here's Bond, who is on a mission, but he knows that his mission is kind of shitty. It shit. is
2: a question of trust. Who do you believe? Koskov or me? If I trusted Koskov, we wouldn't be talking.
0: And again, I, like you're blowing my mind that it, it could have been Gogol. Because had it been Gogol, it would have worked so oh, much better. Oh, that would have been so cool. That would have been so yeah. cool. That would have been such
1: an emotional payoff after seven It would have been great if it was Gogol because, mm. like, we established that character and we've had, over like, and so, over so many and over stories
0: with him. Gogol has literally watched him. F- <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. so, 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 like, but, but John Rice Davies, he's just, he's the, sh- he's so, good. like, he's that good. whole sequence is, like, I really turn on in that moment because suddenly you care because you have this you know and it all comes down to that moment where he's like it's a matter of trust you know like do you believe me or do you believe him and then Bond's like as long as you're alive
2: we'll never know what he's up to then I must die
0: it's a fantastic scene and then it has a perfect follow up in the assassination scene that whole sequence is the best part of the movie for me because again to your point like because you care and they don't no. tell the wife
2: <laughs> and they don't
0: tell her for a good reason so she has She's this just like, perfect oh, no. reaction gets up i know it's yeah, like it's like everything about that sequence is abilities. phenomenal it's just such a phenomenal scene for a spy movie because it's that it's again it's bond springing a trap you know he knows that they're kind of trying to manipulate him into killing pushkin so he fake kills put he he collaborates with Pushkin himself to kind of smoke out these rats. The only problem, of course, is that once you find out what Koskov was up to, it's just it's stupid and dumb and stupid and makes no sense at all. But anyway, back to things I like, even down to little things like the uh, I I do love the, the car chase scene like i said bond throwing out little jokes and, and and she's like what's going on and then even as ridiculous as it is that he would drive into a boathouse and it instead sticks. of busting through it it goes <laughs> with him and then it provides cover while he's being shot and then he's like time to get out or time to, or, <laughs> time to leave home or, yeah, like, time to leave. and like and yeah and, it, and he busts out and then it explodes like i love that time to leave like that's i just cool. <laughs> like watching that thing explode after you bust it as ridiculous and that's what i've been saying for like every roger moore movie i'm like i know i know that some things get ridiculous but like i enjoy them for what they are Unless and i know a there's a difference
1: between that and beach boys we don't need to no, rehash I, I, that I, we but don't like, have to let me just put this on there is that like yes i do think there's some funniness to like there's some hue because i remember you, you and i kind of talked about this and we're like yeah, there's some goofiness to this, like some ro- like leftover Roger Moore gagness to the to some of how the stunts work. But yeah. like I think the biggest difference for me, going back to that firefighter scene that like we, we went talked about in Nauseam, for was that three like, hours. that scene is played for laughs because of the reaction shots and how they like pull that. But this movie doesn't do that. Like like mm. they let things as is. We don't add any like extra sauce or anything when i say sauce like we don't have any like like uh double take moments there's no like silliness yep. to those scenes so like when we do the uh cello um you know sliding down the ice it's like i don't like it's kind it's of played comical. straight it's, it's played, played straight like even straight. even like when yeah. the late like like the salt corrosion thing really works when he like uses the laser like i can <laughs> see that roger moore doing that but yeah. I feel like there would be more like you would see way more of a reaction shot coming from the two guys in the car yeah, versus like definitely. how that plays off. But it, it works well enough because he plays it very serious and very just like salt corrosion. You know, like we don't yeah. get anything as crazy as a double take, like the double take pigeon or the guy who's just like, huh? Like we never yeah. get that. And like yeah. that's I think that's the biggest difference between this and more. it's like we do kind of get leftovers of that, but it's like it's not played up as much. And so it works. As we were talking about that whole sequence with Pushkin, where it ends is
0: our third iteration of How to Catch a James Bond, where (laughs) Felix Leiter
1: sends some prostitutes.
0: You looking for a party?
1: Seems like a good idea. Okay, that's where I wanted to (laughs) go. That's what I want to talk about. Felix Leiter, I feel like, is such a half-baked thing in this movie yeah he doesn't need to be yeah. in the movie and i feel no. like they were just like oh what else do we need oh felix lighter but he's such like a he's just kind of like yeah just a little bit of exposition for like what the americans are doing kind of to seal things up at the very end of the movie and then he's just doing overwatch for bond yeah. where he's like there's a
0: guy punch him it's so underwhelming they like play
1: up the whole thing with you know the first time we ever saw lighter it was like you think he's a bad guy but he's actually a good guy you know like they they play that that card again with this. Cause it's like, Oh, that's a recurring thing with lighter. You think he's going to be, yep. a, you think it's a bad guy, but Oh no, it's a good guy. You know? So it's like, yeah, but, it, but I, that. you know, I still like it's, it's like anytime lighter rolls through, it doesn't have to
0: weigh on the plot all that much. It's just kind no. of, even if it's just for a touch, like they say, they're like, let's talk shop. We've been working the same case. If there would have been a little, just even just one little door, that lighter opened up other than at the end, helping bond punch a guy in the face. Um, because there wasn't right. I mean, like lighter didn't, after they had their meetup with the hookers, uh, nothing, (laughs) nothing came of that. Right. No, I don't think there was anything where he's like, well, actually we traced Koskov to here. And he's like, thanks CIA. And then he moves on.
1: It's, I think the simple thing is just he's exposition so that we understand the final act, which The thing about the final act to me is it feels very tacked on because nothing about Afghanistan is mentioned into the movie until that very moment where they just so happen to go to Afghanistan and all this stuff takes place. Afghanistan feels like it comes out of left field. Historically speaking, it makes sense. But if you ask me which one is
0: which one feels more tacked on. I kind of think the prologue feels a bit tacked on because the the defection.
1: Well, we only go back to it with the bionum thing. But the no, no, um, no, the prologue. The prologue's when uh, they're they're on the Rock of Gibraltar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's and it's, the prologue.
0: It's, it's just an action scene to introduce our new Bond, and then the only yeah. thing that carries over is the Bionum thing. And I'm not. Which I'm not against a the prologue. Yeah. Like I'm not against it, but when Bond says. Well, we must have scared the living daylights out of her. Um, (laughs) I get the sense that that was the end of the prologue, right? That was supposed to lead into our title sequence. Whoever she was must have scared the living daylights out of her. I think the original prologue was supposed to be the defection. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And maybe they felt like it was a little underwhelming or something because um, the prologue as it stands, I think it's like... Is a lot of fun, you know. you but mate, you're dead.
1: Yeah. Out on your dead.
0: I enjoy it, and I again, I like that the bad guys like no. Like I, I who doesn't <laughs> yeah. love when bad guys yell no? Ah! And obviously, the smear spionum thing is is carried through at least so far as M gives it to Bond. And then Bond never uses it. But that almost feels more tacked on than Afghanistan, because like, I get what you're saying, but Afghanistan still, it has some purpose. They kind of needed to milk the office in the plane gag a little bit more, (laughs) because it literally just starts with M. M just gets up and is like already walking around. Clearly what they were trying to do was like have M seated and he's talking and then he gets up and we realize we're in a plane. And they kind of like cut that a little
1: bit. And I don't know why. Maybe it wasn't working, but it's like they needed to milk that a little bit more. So off of that, like that was the one thing that I thought was a little, I don't want to say strange, but it was something that they were trying to do with this movie to kind of maybe set the beginning of all these new Bond films. Was that like prior to this, John Glenn's like saying, "Okay, we're not doing gadgets. Like we're going to kind of like tone down gadgets. We're not going to make the movie Moonraker where everything's a damn gadget. And then they kind of backtrack with that when we got to the last movie where we had all these kind of silly, obnoxious gadgets where we didn't have any, like, there was no setup and payoff with the gadgets where, like, Hugh says, okay, there's this gadget and it does this thing. And then later in the movie, we see it do this thing in different ways. This movie does that. What's my code?
2: Oh, most appropriate. A wolf whistle. You mean, um... (laughs)
1: which I think is something we're going to see more in the next movies, but it also kind of set this, this specific weird tone where it's like, yeah, we're trying to do more serious, but we're Gil's going to steep this like comic book bond spy. You know, we see the moment where he pulls up to the place and the rake like spins around because it's a radar and it detects he has weapons and things (laughs) like that. And then even the line, like where he's talking about, he's trying to figure out which KGB agent this could have been. And that's like, uh, she personates children and she has, she kills people with teddy bears, you know. It's like teddy bears. And like, and then we see the ghetto blaster. Something we're making for the
2: Americans. It's called the
1: ghetto blaster. As I always
0: say, the world of James Bond is crazy. Ridiculous and a little girl
1: killing people with teddy bears is like not that goofy or crazy. It wasn't something I hated about the movie, it's just something that they're like, Okay, we're gonna set up how gadgets are going to be utilized in this world and how they like a thing can look like something else, but it's like kind of trying to modernize that idea. And they try to do that throughout this movie. And I don't think it hurts the movie. It's just something I noticed as I'm watching.
0: Obviously, I have to point out that right before the teddy bear thing, they point out a Russian KGB assassin who murders people by strangling them with her thighs. (laughs) (laughs) Who does that sound like? Assassination methods, strangulation with hands or thighs. We'll get there. We'll get to my beloved, my sweet, sweet beloved. Yeah, no. no, can't
1: use that line in this one because there was definitely heroin in this movie. Also in that scene, though, with Q. I don't know why, but he's got the longest eyebrow hair I've ever seen in my life.
2: He's an old man. Old men have long eyebrows.
1: I've been on so many sets now. It's like if somebody's watching it and they're watching the screens and they notice like, oh, hey, Ryan's hair is like sticking out. Look, we need to get we need to cut and get hair and makeup on. Like they would yeah. do that. You know, but they would I'm, do that I'm, I'm saying like, that like this was like this hair was like,
0: yeah, hanging in front of his <laughs> eye. And I was like, can and no he, one's noticing? Nobody that, trimmed
2: it. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, it's like Maybe having a we booger should go in your back, nose. do another take, you know, fix yeah. that. Nah, Unless okay, that okay. was the best okay. take. Um, yeah, and then right? uh, something I want to point out before we forget it uh, is a callback to another line, a James Bond line, which I was like, I don't, I can't remember any other time they do this is when uh, Whitaker has his like science fiction gun and he's like, all right, you've had your eight.
2: (laughs) All right, you've had your eight. Now I'll have my 80. Mr. Smith and Wesson, and you've had your six.
1: Like that was the callback. It was like the only callback to another line that I can think of. And it was just so happened, the fact that we had just watched Dr. No comparing the last two movies. So I was like, oh okay so i see like they're trying to make all these very subtle callbacks but that, i thought yeah. that was kind of like but at a least funny they heighten it right cool. and, it, and it's yeah.
0: like you don't need to have seen dr no to understand that line that this guy it is funny would very well know that bond only has eight at the most seven plus one in the chamber and then um and then he uh, yeah and he's going to return with his 80 but but again as we pointed out it's like ridiculous that bond Wouldn't go for center mass. I mean, even when he shot General Pushkin, he shot him in the heart. It's the first time
2: I've ever been grateful that James Bond is a good shot.
1: Why was he insisting on shooting him in the head? Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Anybody knows who's handled a, a firearm would know that, like you go for center mass. Like it's not like you go for yeah, the head. You don't you go, go for, for the head. Mass. People are like,
0: why didn't that police officer shoot him in the leg or shoot him? Yeah, shoot yeah, the yeah, gun yeah. out of his hand. It's and like it's you've watched too many, officers many movies. Are, yeah, but why would officers you are ever trained? Re- yeah, you kill that fker because they might
1: kill you. Yeah, you know you are trained to shoot center mass.
0: No, you should have shot the gun out of their hand like Clint Eastwood would, would have done in a movie where it's not real, but I think it's real because I was raised on movies, and that's all I ever do is watch movies. Yeah. And real life should be like a movie, and it should be ideal. It should be. It should. That's why can't. Why, why can't everything be perfect? Why can't everything be f- perfect? I don't understand why bad things need to happen to good people. I don't get it. Okay, I don't you, get you're it. Good.
1: all right, Scott, calm down
0: that's that's people today (laughs) tiny detail that i just feel compelled to point out because i don't know why they did it but in the prologue there's a guy who's just driving with some people in a car and he's the same guy from for your eyes only who is pursuing bond so i mean he's obviously a friend of the producers but like i don't know why it's like drunk guy all over again
1: yeah yeah there's a there's another actor and i maybe you were talking about the same one but there's a character in this movie and i didn't catch him but in the spy who loved me he was the guy who's getting chased by jaws in the pyramids that actor comes back in this movie but it was another callback it was one of those scenes where like oh we're bringing back this other actor but he's in a different role in this movie speaking of your trivia
0: mccurdy a very recognizable name popped up
1: in the title sequence barbara Broccoli is this her first movie so she'd been working on these movies for a while this is the first time she gets associate producer credit Okay, what was she? Be- was she doing assistant stuff before this? I think she was an assistant director. Okay, but basically, I mean, being in the family, of course, she was an assistant. So they like pulled her in. Yeah, I mean, she was she was obviously working under you know her father and everything else. So like, yeah, that's 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 Broccoli's daughter. She was going up the ranks, but she had been doing these movies for way before this too. So okay. this is like the first time they've given her associate producer, and obviously. Mike, like I said before, Michael G. Wilson is now getting a producer credit. Now, we're not saying it's Albedar Broccoli and Michael Wilson like we would with, with Harry Salzman, but you're seeing the beginnings of who's going to take the reins of the franchise in the very near future after this yeah. after this couple of movies.
0: With the title sequence, I really don't like when they have these featured models in the title sequences. I've, I much prefer when we just have purely objectified women. And I'm not just trying to
1: be funny or just be a butthead. <laughs> I don't like you when don't, you, you don't see a face. You don't anybody specific. You just yeah, want Yeah, because it's just weird. Because it's like an aesthetic versus being something that, like, we're following a character. Yeah. I just like these vague female shapes. In Goldfinger, though, like the woman in Goldfinger is the same woman throughout. In in the same woman who plays the girl who gets her ass slapped. That's we the never same. talked about that. Yeah.
2: Dink, meet Felix Leiter. Hello. Felix, say hello to Dink. Hi, Dink. That's Dink. yeah. That's the same. The one. model that's Dink. in Goldfinger
1: is yeah. Dink. The model in Goldfinger oh, is Dink, and it's the Dink. same one. But like that, so it's oh, not really. I could hmm. see them being like, "Oh, well, we're harkening back to this," but you know, I. I that's never bothered me. But you can't recognize
0: Dink. She's just like a gold woman. I'm talking about how with this, they have that shot of the chick at the end. They do that occasionally where it's like a featured model, like fully lit. And I just I like when they're just shades and shadows. And even the men are just shades and like, shadows. Maybe and if then they're maybe are part Bond of the movie, it
2: makes sense to. Ex- exactly. Him, That's but... where
0: it's like, who is this chick? And with the general lackluster feeling of the movie. This model chick even lays down to take a nap. (laughs) Even she's (laughs) fucking bored. This movie kind of has that same thing that happened when we went from Secret Service to Diamonds Are Forever, where this movie looks older than A View to a Kill, and and it's it's kind of weird. We don't we don't need to go super in depth about
2: that. But this is very old.
1: It's, yeah, it's a it's like Russia. It, it, one, okay, so one thing specifically that I've noticed, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to feel like I'm being like pretentious snobby, like, oh, I work on film sets. This is how that you know, this is how they make movies. Normally, you don't hold back, just do it, you snob. Very curious thing, snobbery. <laughs> yeah, so, anyway, <laughs> what I want to say though is that, like, what you can particularly tell, especially when you watched an older film like Dr. No. And then you go forward in time and watch something like a, a little bit more modern, which I feel like these films are starting to get more modern as they're going along. The lightings, particularly, uh, they'll talk about trying to backlight things more and more and doing less front lighting, because when you do things like front lighting, things look very really flat. And I feel like that may be part of the problems, like exp- like like one scene in particular that stuck out to me was like when they're in the prison in Afghanistan, mm. I was like. The lighting looks like it's from an older movie yeah. uh, when I feel like we should be at this point where the lighting should make me feel like we're having more light coming through the windows and cracks rather than light on their faces. And, and that's where it feels natural, essentially. Yeah. Like if you watch a modern movie now, most movies feel like most of the light is coming from outside if we're in a scene during daylight and then when we're inside, that's the light is coming from practical light, or it feels like we're coming from practical light. Yeah. Whereas if you watch a movie from like the '50s and the '60s and even the '70s, a lot of the lighting feels like it is. Uh, if you watch it it lighting. Feels like a stage. Like you feel like you're on a stage. You feel like you're on a set. It looks like all the lights are planted up high, and you can kind of tell where the lighting's coming from. It's not coming from any specific direction or something like that watching in the newer bond films, like you can see, okay, this feels like it sets a mood where the lights coming out of the window and bond standing by the window. And that looks actually really good and pleasant to the eye versus like what we see in this movie. And I feel like with, um, you know, honor, majesty, secret service, They still have that 60s front lit studio lighting, but there's a lot more of that. Let's try to do something interesting with the light. Let's not put as many lights on. Let's not like spotlight everything, every corner of the room. And I do feel like there's parts of this movie that feel that what you're talking about, Charlie, where it's like, I feel like they're spotlighting this entire prison where like any other movie now would have been like, oh, no, let's like light this in a way where, you know, it's a little more dark and shadowy and not so highly lit.
0: Yeah. Well, like if you told me they made five movies with Roger Moore and then they made one with Timothy Dalton and then they made another two with Roger Moore, I yeah. would have believed you. Like, I think A View to a Kill looks newer than this movie yeah. in, in, in such an odd way.
1: I want to give you
2: my on rank. That note. <laughs> on I want to give note, you my rank, rank this. Because, yeah.
1: because, you know, I thought about this and then I had a kind of an idea where I wanted to put it. I don't think
0: we're going to fight each other much on this, because no. I think we both agree that, I mean, Nan's it's even said high. it was like, all right. It's okay. You know? I
1: kind of want to put it lower than Octopussy now that we talked about it more. Really? Yeah. There's part uh... of me that's like, there's a part of me that feels that way, and I could go higher up, but it's just like. You know what? God <sighs> damn it. You might what, be. But really, what, but really what drags the movie down for me is like, when we start talking about the stakes and how like, like how the focus of the movie is just so like lost at the end of the movie, where I like at by the end of the movie, I'm like I just do not care. I don't care about the villains' plot. The villains are so like the the like even I like Kara enough, but I don't care about her that much. And when I think about Octopussy and Thunderball and some of, and like even the other ones, like Octopussy and like at least we get the really good train stuff. We at least get a thing where we're like I give a sh and mod adams i'm like there's actually kind of an interesting history behind their dynamic and the villain at least has like something ridiculous like i'm a little more focused i'm like oh they're gonna get rid of detente there's gonna start a war this movie i'm like what what's their plan their their plan is money and and arms and killing afghan soldiers as a post 9-11 american i'm all about that Yeah, you know, but, know what like, I'm saying? Like, but, like, but like, but like, the only thing that like will ch- that that maybe changes that is maybe Timothy Dalton's performance because it's like okay, that's we it. actually get it. That's, that's the only literally thing. It. It's like we get a bond that's a bit like like a bond that should be playing a person that should be playing this character versus somebody who's like okay you should have stopped a while ago but now you're still going that's how i feel because the writing is so similar to octopussy that i'm like i feel like this is worse than octopussy in those regards unfortunately i thought it was was interesting that you guys kept
2: bringing up octopussy because i was thinking high end somewhere near octopussy low end above diamonds are forever but fight
1: me on it man because
2: i'm not somewhere I'm not, like, in there
1: because so the more we talk about it, but there but there's a lot of good stuff that's what i was saying like there is a lot of good there stuff is. in yeah. this movie that that's maybe like trouble. raises it a little bit where there's like these really good moments and there's really good acting all right, there's, all right these, let me
0: really let, good let me sequences. throw mine out then because if
1: if nans is like as low as as you
0: know below moonraker yeah and and you're thinking mm. below Octopus, i would yeah. say higher um, than
2: lower but Okay. Octopussy would be the high end. It really, what it
1: comes down for me is that like we go on nauseam about the plot and villains are what makes this on movie nauseam. great. <laughs> Just keep talking. Just keep going.
2: Shut? Just keep going. <laughs> <Up>. <laughs> Just keep oh, I thought going. you said Please. Bond Nauseam, Bond nauseam. <laughs> we
1: <go> Bon nazium. <laughs> we go at bod nazium. That should be the name of this podcast. <laughs> Bon-na-zum. Bon-na-zum. <laughs> uh you know, we go on and on talking about the plot and the villains. And there are times <laughs> when I agree that like we should be talking about that. That might be strong, but then other things are like really tear the movie down. This is one of those movies where I'm like, the plot and the villains really kind of lower the movie a lot for me because by the end of the movie, I'm like, I just don't care. Like I'm not I'm not yeah. invested. I don't care. At all. And like, yeah. even there's those good moments, I'm just like, yeah, you because know, every time I think about this movie, the things I think about, I think about the beginning. I think about Pushkin getting shot. I think about the bond chase scene. And then I for- completely forget about Afghanistan. Yeah. I completely forget about, <laughs> I honestly, I per- i completely forget about Whitaker. Like, most of the time when I think about this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Whitaker's in this movie. So just isn't enough of any of those things? No. And I forget about all that stuff. When I think about Octopussy, I think about, like, the train sequence and the clown. And, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was part of the train sequence. He had to get the bomb. And, like, there was that whole thing. And that was really cool. I remember all that stuff. And And I hate doing that because I think a lot of people will say top five for sure, you know. Well, we'll get to that because like pretty much every comment we got was exactly. But a lot of people are like, "This is the best Bond, but it's
0: all because of Dalton." Everybody's citing Dalton's performance, and that's indisputable. But at the same time, you know, uh, me, I'm always the guy that's like, I'm I'm looking at the story slash plot and the bad guys back in the beginning, the first couple episodes. I was like, "How do you up Bond?" Like the performance of Bond is never really going to sway me because. You can just, like, had they picked up Timothy Dalton and put him into GoldenEye, that movie automatically would have been better than this movie because this movie has a shit script. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, like, all being the same, I don't really weigh in Bond's performance because it should be consistent. It's the same character through all these movies. Like I said, Bond never changes. So his performance doesn't weigh in. All
1: the other stuff weighs in for me. Mostly story slash plot and bad guy. The only thing that's raised in the movie up for me is Dalton's performance, and I think the fact that the dynamic between him and Caro, 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 Car- whatever, it works enough for me that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that. But it doesn't. It, that doesn't kill the movie for me. The action sequences are very good. So, but but the why should I give a shit about this movie is not like, and what what do the villains want to really like? Why? yeah uh there's not the personal stakes really aren't there is nothing zero bad guy
0: zero bad guy motivation zero nothing like because again why is pushkin at odds with koskov i mean koskov being a fake defector is supposed to make us hate him but like that it means nothing because it has no bearing on the plot. Other than this guy wants to buy weapons to fight Afghans. Why would Russia fight against that? I don't need to rehash my whole thing, but it's like, there is nothing there. Whereas with um, the movies around it, like secret service, we know exactly what's going to happen. Thunderball. We know what's going to happen. Octopus. We know what's going to happen. Live and let die. We know what's going to happen. We know exactly what's going to happen if bond fails. Whereas with this, a guy's going to make a little extra money to fight a war. I mean, it was a war
1: in afghanistan why is it so bad that they're going to fight it it's not so much that we don't know what's going to happen because we have a vague idea but it's more or less like is this really going to make a huge impact for me enough to care and like that's yeah. what's missing and it's like you can write a villain um you can write a villain who's like a bad guy but like if his goals don't have a specific thing that really makes us be like oh crap yeah we need to get that we need to get this the The Solex. We need to get, uh, uh, you know the the plans for the thing. We need to stop the bomb. Like, if it's not there, then I don't care. You know what I mean? Like,
2: it's just. Oh, he's just gonna go buy a yacht. Well, whatever.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so let me throw out
0: mine then, because I mean, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of feeling (laughs) what you're saying. Let me just, let me just throw mine out though. My initial thought was number nine below Secret Service, above Thunderball. My thought being the movie does lack luster and remembrance. It doesn't have an emotional hook like Secret Service, even if, I mean, again, I don't need to rehash why I think Secret Service's emotion fails, but it still at least has that emotional hook. I mean, every time I watch the movie, I still have the feels at that ending. And you have that whole idea of, you know exactly what's going to happen if Bond fails Plus, yes. I do like that he's you know the whole thing about him being like fuck you, M. I'm gonna go do there's this myself. Like, all there that is a works. There. There's, there's a story. There's a story there. There's a story there that works. Whereas with this, there's nothing. It's all over the place. But it's more competent than Thunderball. With our classic Thunderball having its its plot conveniences and a shitty bad guy, and but, it, you know it doesn't have the stupidity but, like the death of Fiona. Hang on, it doesn't have that stupidity like the death of Fiona, who was a better bad guy than dumbass fucking Largo. Yeah. Um, but overall you find it difficult to care about anybody in this movie other than maybe just bond himself which should be the case anyway you care about bond you don't really care about anybody else except maybe pushkin because he played gimli in lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) perhaps if we spent more time with our bond girl before she enters the plot she literally gets questioned by the kgb she gets arrested and then she just shows up at home had we gone in with her Mm. and seen her get questioned and see her get grilled, and just realize that she's just like this naive, pretty little cello player, and then yeah. she meets up with Bond, and and like, we needed more time with her, we needed more time with Whitaker, we needed more time with everybody, and as you pointed out in the past, McCurdy, what, the, what, what Michael G. Wilson seems to love to do, is to introduce 30 characters, to the point where you don't care about any of them, as opposed to Two or three characters and really yeah. spend time with them and get to know
1: them and appreciate them. Wilson loves to do betrayals and people doubling back on each other. But the problem with that is now you're setting up these other things that you have to add to those betrayals so that they all work. And they don't make sense. So-and-so betrayed so-and-so and it doesn't make sense. If you're like judging the movie, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. It's complicated. And it like makes the movie seem more fascistic.
2: I'm f- not going to. Fascistic. Were you trying Fischistic. to say? F- fish Fisch stick so, f- Sophisticated.
1: Great. But so okay, so I was seen that thinking. that way, but then you're not, it's you, just like, it's like, it's a mess. Like you I know?
0: said, he just throws so much at you that he hopes you won't question it. But yeah. when you do question it, it's like, well, and like you said, even if you, whether you question it or not, you might just be left with the idea of like, I just don't give a, f- you know, yeah. like I just don't that's care. How I so, um, that's how I feel. So, so yeah, my thought was number nine. Um, But you you lay out a really good case for lower like because Octopussy, even though Octopussy has ridiculousness and Thunderball has a bad guy, you still are led to care more, even if it's just caring about uh, uh, about Octopussy yourself or the people in Berlin, uh, you know, the base or even with Thunderball just caring about Domino,
2: you know, is Largo compared to koskov slash i
1: think largo's just the worst bad guy like largo okay so even if he's a bad guy if he's like the bad guy at least his plot is like his plot makes sense his his plot's like okay it's very clear he's gonna blow up uh he's gonna create a bomb it's gonna blow up miami it's gonna cause a bunch of chaos you know that's like totally within the specter realm we're kind of on the specter story at that point so we're kind of like okay the specter spectrum
0: the (laughs) specter I made that joke in the edit, so whatever. That's disregard. It's
1: good. it's good. I like <laughs> it's it. It's good. Um, it's good. But like, it works. But again, like, even if he's stupid, it's like, okay, it's very clear. He's gonna set this bomb off. Bomb has Bond has to stop the bomb. If he doesn't stop the bomb, bomb, all these people die. So I'm like, okay, I care. I care. I I'm all all the water action sequences. I'm like, I'm in. I'm ready to go. Octopussy. Same thing. Octopussy is just as complicated and convoluted, but. At the end of the day, there's, there's a bomb, and if we don't stop the bomb, people die. Bomb ha- the bomb. Bond has to stop the bomb. Way before when we started, I'm like, I kind of had it in my head, right? I'm like, oh yeah, Living Daylights is like way up high on the list because Dalton's really good, and this <laughs> yeah, is right? his first movie. Yeah. And then I watched the movie, and then I'm like, wait a minute. I, <laughs> I don't care, care the about the this f- movie. About
0: what's going on. <laughs> I do not care about this movie. <laughs> Number one argument I have with people all the time is that dumbass argument I hate, which is sometimes I just want to turn my brain off and watch explosions. And I go, okay, that's bullshit. Because if I offered you movie A that has uh, st- just explosions or movie B that has story and explosions, you would only ever watch movie B. It's But then, you know, and this came about with like the rise of um, uh, 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 f- the Transformers movies. Where it was like, (laughs) I just like robots punching each other. And I'm like, yeah, but wouldn't you rather have story, good story along with your robots punching each other? And so I like constantly having this argument with people where I'm like, if you just want explosions, go to YouTube, type in Things Explode, and just watch that for a couple hours. Why watch the movie at all? Well, I just want to see robots punching each other. Go to YouTube, type in Robots Punch Each Other. And you can watch that for a couple hours, but you go to a movie and you want a story that you're actually going to give a shit about to carry you from A to B. And to your point, this movie doesn't have that. And everybody wants to fall back on, well, Timothy Dalton's good. And it's like, yeah, but again, that's just like watching a bunch of explosions and pretending that that's a good story. And it's not. You want the good special effects. You want the good performances but it needs to be wrapped up in a story that makes sense and doesn't leave you scratching your head or trying to give a shit.
1: And like, if I want to go back and be like, okay, like, all right, like, let me defend the living daylights, right? Like, what? What's, like, is there a story in there that I'm not missing? Am I missing? Like, okay, there are a lot of people out there will say like over, overlooking into plot sometimes leads to like missing the point of the movie. And I could see, what I can see though, is the movie's more about the relationship between him and Kara
0: but not I don't it's not care enough.
1: enough about it. Like there's not, it's not enough. I'm just like,
0: I, I, I see where they Okay. 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 Because Bond never really loved her until maybe the end. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Most of the movie Bond is just, he's just operating undercover with her. And then I guess at some point they, they fall in love at the fair for no reason. And it's
1: like, it's kind of reminds you me of Do you really believe Secret that Secret Bond Service? is ever
0: in love with her? Maybe when they're in Afghanistan and she's hitting him and good, but like, you really uh, just like with Romanova, yeah. she is more in love with Bond than yes. Bond is
2: in love with her.
0: So the whole the movie can't rely on their romance if they're, if Bond no. isn't carrying his end of the bargain.
2: Well, it's kind of like Bond is seeing what you guys are seeing. Like maybe not necessarily in love with Kara, but. Loving the naivety that she has and like, oh, I I see the world on the daily and you're like, oh my god, Austria
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've banged a woman in every city (laughs) I've taken you to (laughs) I'm
2: not afraid to admit it There's a good restaurant there I know a great restaurant in Karachi and hot with it. <laughs>
0: in there, so they got good <laughs> hookers there. <laughs> wow.
1: Sorry. What, 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 Sorry McCurdy, I, I you've I been saying things. What are you saying? Honor Her Majesty's Secret Service. I'm we don't want to hear you. about Secret Service. Secret Service.
0: <laughs> you, Nikolai, you and saying. McCurdy should have your own date hey. on a Ferris wheel where you talk about how Why awesome Secret, Secret Service is. is so and good. then a German guy asks if you want another ride. Really you <laughs> shut up about Secret Service. It's overrated. Scott, it's old and boring, like, McCurdy. Shut up. Hey, hey. It's hey. overrated. What I'm saying though, you're lucky like, I, I don't push to put this movie movies, above it.
1: I, but it's like they were trying to do that approach, and I know you're going to say it's like, well, the love story doesn't work. But f- get, f-. Uh, but you know, it's like Ooh. they try to do the same thing where it's like they're going on dates, and then there's like, but there's yeah. no like, there's no moment where Bond's like like oh you know you're perfect you're doing an amazing job like i you know that you're you're perfect
0: remember in the opening of the movie where he was saying that if he got fired he would love it and then this was the perfect opportunity for him to fall in love
1: and consider quitting his job and they yeah. don't even tie those threads together no no so i don't care about this movie like i yeah. want to care but
0: i want again, to care again, because to I our like- point it doesn't matter that there's a cool chase scene it doesn't matter that Timothy Dalton is awesome because he is, uh, at least for me. For me, it, uh, as I've said every episode, it's like for me it comes down to story and bad guy. Even Kamal Khan, I think, is better than uh, better than anybody in in this movie. Bad it's guy was it's like, just a better performance. Like than you I'm have like... Necros. Necros is a cool uh, Necros is a, cool, a, but a henchman. Style henchman, yeah. but like Throwing milk bottles. But not enough. I did like that Necros had his own theme, like his own theme song. Was yeah. playing every time he killed somebody, the same song was playing so in the 80s. headphones. That was, that was good. Or, And then it was orchestrated at the end. That <laughs> was fun. But again, like, none of this stuff is enough to elevate it. Because, again, Thunderball has kind of been our little buffer for, like, somewhat less competent movies or below it. And then, like, if it's just competent at all, it's above that. Yeah. But I get what you're saying that when it comes down to
1: giving a shit. I just don't care about those (laughs) movies. It's hard to give a (laughs) sh. I don't. It's like someone. It's so. It's like they had all the best intentions, like every movie, but like they never were like, what makes a good Bond story? And unfortunately, the movie that going into it, A View to Kill, was like, I still don't have great feelings about it. But like they understood, it's still so much better than this movie. Diabolical (laughs) villains, and you need like a, you need a reason why Bond needs to come in and save the day. And this movie's like, vague stakes. That's what yeah. Bond's facing in this movie is very vague. Just distract steaks. the people like distract everybody with some cool it's like stuff. Someone is like, like hope for the best. Maybaum, who's like super old at this point. Is like Wilson, like we need to have stakes. And it's like, it's vague. It's okay. Old man. Like, don't yeah. like here, let me, let me finish typing this movie. Cause I'm producer now and I can do whatever I want. I'm not gonna fucking fight you, dude. <laughs> like, I, I-, I-, I want you to, I want somebody to say, like, are you wrong? Cause I'm no, like, I kind think, of like, I think you're right.
0: Our good old Ethan Blastoise Toys says <laughs> the last Cold War plot in the series. A great one, although as convoluted as Octopussy. Not <laughs> yeah. the last one. He's
1: wrong about that. It's not the last Cold War plot, but keep going. What is? Goldeneye. Well, uh,
0: actually, is. you're right because is. there's like a backstory. Yes, But it it's, it's technically it's post-Cold after, War. But it, it, yeah. it ties into the Cold War. Yeah, it's like pre and post. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll put it right above Octopussy on your list. He doesn't say why, though. Great soundtrack, chock full of great set pieces the pts what is pts the pts the plane fight helping georgie yorgie uh defect the milk carton bombing using pushkin's whore to distract pushkin was that a no was it no it's his wife pushkin's wife yeah (laughs) Yeah, they seem to like each other
2: (laughs) using pushkin's whore to distract pushkin
0: and dalton is great deemed a literary bond deserved more outings yeah uh, K1 says one of the best movies in the series until they get to Afghanistan. Then I forget everything that happens. <laughs> that being said, the extraction from USSR at the concert is ten out of ten. Uh, Ryan McCurdy says you just hate Goldfinger. I did because he's an asshole. I did. Uh, to which that. Qwerty said, "Shut up, McCurdy." He was doing uh, what Scott couldn't do. McCurdy, shut up. You're shut you're your the mouth. Same thing you did. Shut back your your f- goldfinger mouth. Cyborg 800 2004 says a top six film for me. It comes off as an ordinary formulaic Bond film, but everything is executed so competently. I
1: disagree with everything he just said. I disagree with everything he just said, because I feel like he's never watched all the Bond films. Because there's, <laughs> okay. nothing, there's nothing formulaic about this movie. Okay, the yeah. scenes are complex. Okay. I'll, I'll, like, I'll give him that. The scenes are okay. whatever. The
0: film is all around <laughs> solid, but is really elevated by Timothy Dalton's performance. He isn't as intense as in License to Kill, which I actually slightly prefer to this film. What's that? I haven't heard of that movie. We haven't gotten there yet. But he brings back some much-needed credibility to the role. Dalton isn't as magnetic as Connery or Moore, and that's a good thing. He's by far the most believable spy, along with Lazenby. Either than Dalton's fantastic performance, we have a strong final score from John Barry. A balanced selection of set pieces, and one of the most engrossing plots in the franchise.
2: People are liking the set pieces. What?
0: Even the somewhat limp third act still isn't bad. It just doesn't compare to the near-flawless first two acts. A criticism oh, that can it's... also be aimed at other Bond films considered to be the best. I, that goes against everything
1: we've been talking about. No. Everything we've been talking the, about. Okay, let's talk about the last, like the first, the, the, the films that are on the top of our list, right? Are Goldfinger from Rush with Love and The Spy Who Loved Me. Goldfinger we've talked about a bunch of times. At Bondyism.: <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. Uh, you know, we talked about how uh, basically Bond yeah. nauseum, Bond nauseum. Bond <laughs> we know, <laughs> bond, <laughs> we but we know that if Bond does not just stop this bomb, he's going to screw up the world economy, and that's a big bad, and like the people will get killed as well in the processes of it. So we know, like, like we know that that's a thing that we should care about, and it's like important to the plot. From Russia with Love is like a more personal story about getting the lector right there's more to it than just that it's a revenge tale for specter to get bond and obviously they don't they fail at getting revenge on bond so there's all yeah. of that also getting romanova out of the clutches of uh the kgb slash uh, uh specter the thing that i wanted to point out though the spy who loved me which was a re we talked about it, it was a remake of the of you only live twice is that like it, and it's always been a specter plot Is like put the West against the East and make it look like it was a natural occurrence, but we're actually moving the chess pieces so that they fight each other. That's what this movie needed. And it felt like the pieces were there. They just didn't put that plot in motion. Like they have the idea of like, oh, I'm going to make it look like they're going to start killing spies off. And so now we're going to start Killing Russian spies. Everything that
0: koskov says in that boardroom meeting was more interesting than what the plot turned out to be. <laughs> exactly the movie that he was pitching. Like pretend he's a director and he's pitching a story to the Eon folks. He's like Smirnoff is coming back and it's going to start World War Three. And instead, it just is about moving money around and buying guns. It's stupid. It, it, like so to say that it's like a flawless plot goes against no, everything we've been saying. Agree like him. that's not true at all. No. This plot sucks. But it's full of like really awesome Bondy moments and a great performance yeah. that doesn't surpass. Again, it's like you can throw all that stuff at me all day, but if I don't care, it means nothing. <laughs> Sneaky Bond says because of its less memorable villains and lower key, somewhat complicated plot, yes, The Living Daylights is a movie that would either so rise fast, okay. or fall based on the Bond actor's performance. Luckily, we have Timothy Dalton in the role. No matter the production, Dalton always has a unique screen presence, a kind of sophisticated intensity I assume he acquired as a stage actor. As a result, his Bond is cynical and harder-edged, yet classy and romantic. True. That complements the Cold War settings featured in The Living Daylights, and it contributes to the excellent chemistry between Bond and Kara. So yeah, Dalton's performance elevates this into my top ten. Beyond that, there's also John Barry's fantastic score and a number of great set pieces, including the pre-title sequence, the car chase, and pretty much any fight with Necros, Again, that's all true, other than the
1: fact that Bond and Kara... It's true for Bond the second, Kara, like, everything at the top's true. Yeah,
0: Bond and Kara isn't an... Like, if this movie was just about Bond and Kara, yeah. Totally, but... They complicate it and over overstuff it. Mm. It doesn't take their story and no. elevate it. Like, like no. again, I'm sorry to keep citing Casino Royale, but it's the best case of, of a Bond romance that we have to date. I'm breaking my own rule, but I'm doing it for a purpose. It's like their romance was wrapped up in the plot. This is wrapped up in a shit plot that just doesn't <laughs> add anything. It's unfortunately. Jesus unfortunately. So, um, like, everything he said is true, other than the fact that the plot is good. It's like the movie is weighed down by its shit plot. Uh, yeah. s*** plot. S- Snus and Whiskey says, To me, The Living Daylights is one of the middle movies, not one of the best and not one of the worst. Living, the Living Daylights, in my opinion, is a quite overlooked movie by the general audience. It lies between A View to a Kill and License to Kill that are more memorable, memorable movies. Being a fan of Campy Bond, I still have to say that I enjoy The Living Daylights. The pre-, the pre I, assume, I assume he means the pre-title sequence is
2: one of that's the- what, That's what it was, PTS. Okay, pre-title uh, sequence. Not pre-teen skank. Oh. That urban dictionary pre-teen. led me to believe.
0: <laughs> okay, Blastoise. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) the pre-title sequence is one of the best in the whole series and the soundtrack is great the ice chase and the fight with Necros are also memorable however the characters are quite lame and forgettable to be honest the villains and the Bond girl are very dull and non-memorable and Dalton's Bond doesn't work well with a gadget car as Connery and Moore's Bond did so a good Bond movie but with some more memorable characters and more
1: threatening villains this movie would have been much higher ranked for me kind of agree with what he's saying like yeah i'm pretty much kind of on board where he's at i don't know where his rankings are but yeah i'm I'm. I'm we're more starting on
0: board. to see the commonalities between the comments which are like dalton's cool it's in my top whatever sucks. because
1: dalton's great yeah yeah i think people are so attached to dalton the actor knowing that not only did he do this movie, he's done other movies, so he never got weighed down with being like James They're attaching blind. him
2: to the next one, it sounds like. And everyone acknowledges, yeah, the plot's like uh, convoluted and done. Um.
0: The movie's bad, but Dalton's good. <laughs> it's like, we're yeah. here to judge the movie. Cabe Netcore says, For me, the first half or so of The Living Daylights is the closest to my platonic ideal of a faithful Ian Fleming adaption. Not in terms of literal translation, but in capturing the feel and mood of a lot of Fleming's work, and comes the closest to capturing my mental image of the literary Bond. I probably overrate the movie and admit it's not even a top five, but in a vacuum, the first half is just so good, so Cold War, and so Fleming-esque that it's a favorite.
2: Cold War is
1: cool. No, no, I, I get what he's saying, though. I, I can agree with, like, again, like I've said, the beginning of the movie is one of the more memorable parts of the movie. Yeah, you'll probably watch it the most because you're watching the beginning of the Had movie. Had the defection but, like, been
0: real, it would have been fantastic. But, like, the defection fantastic.
1: sequence, the defection sequence, not the Gibraltar stuff, but the defection sequence, I remember probably the most. Out of that movie where, they, you know, they put him in the pipeline and all that stuff. I I like yeah. that scene, actually. So I, I get what he's saying as far as that feeling more like a Bond book rather than the rest of the movie. Gamer Grill 95 says, well,
0: there are a few stinkers and a few absolute pieces of gold. This one is neither. It's one of the many solid good ones. It checks every box I can imagine in the Bond film formula. Opening action scene in an interesting locale. Gadgets, car chase, intimidating lackey, campy villain in Whitaker uh, falling from great heights, light humor, a small plot (laughs) twist and a large battle near the end. It embodies the formula perfectly, but also does nothing to really stand out from the crowd. Okay. It has the pieces of the formula, but they don't congeal.
2: The puzzle pieces are there, but they're not assembled into a nice picture.
0: Yellow army. 79 says it's not without its flaws. The villains are a real problem and come across as pretty goofy and no match for bond. Koskov is Okay. And plays the sleazeball character well, but it needed Whitaker to be a stronger character, and he just doesn't get enough screen time to do that. Nodding my f***ing head. The plot is rather complicated and a little underwhelming, yes. Despite this, The Living Daylights is a great Bond film. Dalton is terrific and has a great chemistry with Kara. Their romance feels very believable and elevates the film. There's some great action scenes and it plays out as a proper old fashioned spy thriller. It's definitely in my top five Bond films at this moment. A lot of <laughs> top five. Mo- uh, uh, a lot of people saying top five. Yeah. They're like this I, movie it's... sucks and is in the middle. This but it's in movie my Top sucks five. Because <laughs> like, Tim Dalton. Just like last time, all anybody could say was like, well, Sean Connery's really great. It's like this time it's Timothy Dalton's really great. It's like, yes, but unfortunately this amazing Titan of an actor was handed the worst possible starter script for his breakout into the role and it's it's a goddamn crime it's depressing but um uh and I don't know if he had any say in the matter I wonder if he read it and he was like this doesn't make any sense uh, this uh- that sounds rather far fetched,
2: sir.
1: So. I think someone like that is going to be like, okay, I'm getting this huge role. Like, who gives sure. a shit the script? Sure, you know what I mean. Like, it, it's but a big he read all 14
0: books and he doesn't have anything to say. <sighs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Hmm. It's unfortunate. Maybe he just trusted that. Like, maybe the script made more
1: sense. Like, it'll come together. And in it editing. all,
2: yeah, it all <laughs> no, got but, just destroyed.
1: To be fair, if you're reading the books. If you're thinking about like at least the only book that I have read is Casino Royale and live and let die. Those books don't really have like these huge giant stakes like some of the movies do because that works really well in a movie and a novel. You can get away with more character stuff because you're in the character's head. Yeah. So like I could see him being like, okay, well I'm reading these books. So I'm really in the character's head. And this is kind of the vibe is what was the books. And that is like kind of just a very vague sense of what actually kind of does happen between two countries that are at odds with each other, but not actually going to war. And in that realm, this plot kind of makes sense in that. But as far as a movie goes, if I'm going to a movie, I want to be entertained and I want to be thrilled and I want to care about what's going on. If you can't do those things, you're not going to win me over to really liking this movie. On that downer note, I'm going to throw in uh, the bond jokes real quick,
0: which <laughs> there's just two, which is he got the boot. He got the boot. And he met his Waterloo. He met his Waterloo. It's a history joke. Uh, he he's got, he to be got in the. It, it, it has to go to. He got the boot, but it's weak. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like we haven't had a good Bond joke in a while. It kind of makes I me want to. Uh,
1: you've had your, you know, you've had your eight. Now here, have my eighty is probably more memorable than either. That was of those. cool. For that sure. one, like, yeah, yeah. Speaks yeah. out, and you're like, ah, I know that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. um, but anyway, uh, after all of that, though. Uh, you're swaying me to put it below Octopussy. I think that makes sense. I think it makes total sense.
1: I'm on the I'm on the verge of saying like I could see it going above Octopussy too. But why?
0: Why would it be above
1: Octopussy? I don't know. Why? <laughs> because
2: of Timothy Dalton. <laughs> because of Timothy Dalton's really good. Top five. Tim Dalton.
1: I, I'm gonna lit, put it in Nan's hands. I could I could put it above Octopussy uh, because of Dalton's performance and because of like the relationships and because there are some really good action sequences in this movie.
2: Nans, where are you at? I think McCurdy made a good point earlier about just below Octopussy. I, as you guys remember, enjoyed Octopussy <laughs> you, <yeah. laughs> going into the yeah. recording. Not that I dislike this movie, but, you know, yeah. ranking it against all the others. I think below Octopussy makes sense and above Live and Let Die. When I look at Live and Let Die, like, of course, the only thing that pops into my head is him expanding and exploding which like <laughs> then makes me think oh.
0: <laughs> but it's like my biggest sin i i refer to it constantly i'm such a broken record but it's such a hor horrible sin <laughs> so, Your bad guy's death like at least with this our bad guy's deaths are satisfactory yeah necros satisfaction one happens off screen um yeah one happens Maybe. off uh, off screen but least, like uh, you're talking about koskov but at yeah, least he's like yeah. Pushkin being yeah, in, a, in yeah. the diplomatic bag. It's its perfect. Yeah. Put him on the next plane to Moscow.
2: Oh, thank you, General. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you.
0: In the diplomatic bag. Yeah. I love it. And then and then, obviously Whitaker gets crushed by a British general a that he basically just me. called a, a pussy. Should have known you'd take refuge behind that British vulture Wellington. Really satisfactory
1: <laughs> bad guy deaths. What what I would compare these two movies, though, if I compared Live and Let Die and this movie, is that both are dealing with like more financial, financial stakes and drugs and dr- like like not drugs specifically, but it's more about oh, yeah, if they lose, the villains get money, and like I don't in a Bond film yeah. that doesn't really like like. You know, oh, and people's no.
0: lives,
1: you know, people's <laughs> lives need to be at stake for me to really give a shit.
0: It would have been so simple for them to be like, the Mujahideen or whatever, it, they're going to get slaughtered and we should care. This village, all our women and children are going to exactly. get slaughtered. But that would have been great, that.
1: but we don't get that. He didn't save the day, necessarily. He just kind of stopped an arms deal and some money exchange and like the, the potential of something bad happening but we're not really specifically why because we all you like, see is a bunch of soldiers we don't see any women or ch- i mean and that's what sucks is like i hate doing the whole like but what about the children but why do i care about a bunch of dudes just in the desert if bond and caris spent time with like the villagers yeah, and we actually yeah, saw yeah, the women yeah, and yeah, children yeah. and all that like i would care i'd be like oh yeah this is why this matters there's even that one dude that bond points no, no, out
0: no, no, no. <laughs> oh,
2: I hope he's not invited to dinner.
0: I hope they're not bringing him to dinner because he's just randomly beating people. Like, (laughs) these people are assholes and we're supposed to care.
2: It's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but beyond that, it's like I don't really care about you guys.
0: I almost want Koskov to succeed. Like, yeah, dude, your country should keep persecuting the Afghans. Fuck it. (laughs) What do I care? What do I care? unless unless i see you genociding them and then i'll root
1: for them but all i see is a bunch of assholes who eventually became the taliban (laughs) just to be clear we're talking about movies and like the science and like the visual aspects of like when you watch a movie you need to have a b and c for us to actually like emotionally care not like yeah you that's what you actually are thinking but like you need to have these things if you're if if you're if you're writing a basically if you're like writing this thesis if those things aren't in there then i then i'm not gonna care yeah i'm not gonna care but if those things are in there that's great you know i'm not talking about like the real world i'm talking about this movie
0: bond if you don't blow up that bridge they're gonna slaughter everybody and we don't get that and but the irony that. is that this movie is over two hours long but we never spend enough time with anybody to give a shit about them yeah. other than maybe pushkin because he played Gimli in lord of the rings <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, that's true. I think
2: eleven's a comfortable <laughs> spot.
0: So I'm gonna lock it in. Here's the full list, and zoop, we're slipping in the Living Daylights. So from now on, I'm just gonna read these super fast. We got Goldfinger from Rush with Love, The Spy Who Loved Me, The Man with the Golden Gun, Doctor No, of View to a Kill, For Your Eyes Only, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, thunderbolt Octopussy, Welcome the Living Daylights to number eleven. Live and Let Die, Moonraker, Diamonds Are Forever, You Only Live Twice. Below Octopussy, Above, Live and Let Die. This one ended up being a lot harder than we thought, and for the opposite reason that I expected. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to, a fight to push it down, but um, everybody on the internet is going to fry us because they're like, top five, top five, top five, Timothy Dalton. But like again, we're just going to pretend that they meant top five Timothy Dalton movies.
1: <laughs> Not very many characters in the Bond franchise other than like the 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 top like the main 3m and money penny and q have continued but this one character kind of got its own little subplot and story and kind of kept going throughout the more films and ended up being this his last film and that was general gogol who uh we we first saw in uh uh the spy who loves me uh and as slowly but surely kind of became more and more of like an ally uh a part of russia um seeing his seeing you know coming up coming towards uh our side of things and kind of creating that peace between worlds so to speak so this is to uh Wa- walter gottel gottel did i see re- that Yeah. this is to water this is to water this is to walter uh gottel who uh played general goggle in these films
0: to goggle the uh the window into detente the, the the man who humanized Russia, back when it
1: was really hard to do so, and not to mention he has been here from the beginning because this actor was in, was in uh, from Russia with Love, from Russia with Love as well. Welcome,
0: so. is Spectre Island.
2: Welcome to Spectre Island. Exactly one minute fifty two seconds. That's excellent. Spectre Island. And he was the
0: goofy dude with the blade that came out of his boot. <laughs> yes. So to General Gogol. Gogol.